What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to episode 17 of season two of Hit the Books. The whole crew is here and ready to talk this week of sports. This week, we're discussing the latest trends and news in the world of sports betting and offering our analysis and picks for the upcoming games. We'll also be taking a look at some of the most interesting matchups on the schedule and sharing our thoughts on which teams are poised for victory. So tune in and let's get ready to gamble on some sports and introduce my co-host, Ace Huff and Mackey. Ace, let's start it off with you this week. What's going on? First off, just want to say happy to be back. You know, missed last week. Uh, like Jesse said on the pod last time, I uh, had to coach tomorrow's uh, NHL Stars. So, you know, I had a good game there in the high school world, but we're really focused on the pro sports here. So I'm ready to talk about that. Um, tough week, tough week really on the books for the boys. I think you'll probably get to that. But uh, if I can use a good analogy to compare my season so far, it's like Tom Brady just falling flat on my face. But the good thing is, like the GOAT, we have a chance to rebound when it matters, and he'll be there when it matters, so we'll ride that Bucks train all the way, and uh, yeah, ready to talk some uh, good week of football here. Absolutely. Good to have you back, Ace. Huff, let's move over to you. Happy to have you here another week. What's happening? Yeah, not much coming from me. Um, tough week last week in the NFL, but I'm looking to move forward, put that one behind me, and keep moving, so I don't know about you guys, but um, not my best over the past, uh, I don't know what week that was, what, week 14, but uh, definitely looking to put that behind me. So um, I'm ready, ready to move forward and talk week 15. Good stuff there. You said it, Mackie. Last but not least, week 15, some games Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whole weekend of football. What do you got for us? Yeah, uh, we definitely got a nice week this week, uh, looking at the slate early. Um a lot of key matchups, uh, you know, you're getting towards the end of the season, so uh, you got four weeks left, Every team, these teams are making playoff pushes, so games get intense, lines uh, lines shrinking a little, and uh, we get some really good fo- football action, so uh, we're pretty excited for these next four weeks uh, heading into playoffs. Yes, sir, playoffs coming up soon here for the NFL, but let's go over some headlines from around the other leagues. Let's start off in the NHL. Maple Leafs forward Mitch Marner is hot right now with a 23-game point streak as the Leafs take down the Ducks on Tuesday night. Samsonov gets his second straight shutout, and Toronto improves to 12-0-3 in their past 15 on Tuesday night. Another hot team in the league coming up here on the East Coast with the Bruins also hot. They need to pick it up again here. Ace not winning our bet for us, minus one and a half the other night. What do you guys got? Anything on that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, tough game really on the card the other night. Uh, I think all the picks I really set in the chat. I had a good night last night. Been doing pretty well in the NHL, but the Bruins couldn't cover that puck line. Islanders getting a very Islanders-esque goal with a deflection in from behind the net off of a defenseman to force overtime in that one. Really thought the Bruins would have sealed the, the empty net goal if they had the chance like they've been doing all year. But uh, yeah. Hockey's been good. We also hit on the Sabres the other night. Um, we've been cooking up some heaters there on the ice. I don't know what you guys got about the the chill right now. Yeah, we're just kind of uh, we're just kind of staying afloat in in the NHL right now. We're above. We're up like two two three units something like that. Uh, we keep kind of keep going one and one, so we're kind of breaking even. Uh, we're just waiting to you know we're due for a run right now, so we'll break off for a two three four night in a row uh, profit. So. Just, just like we did at the just like we did at the beginning of the season, really. I think we went on what a nine game heater there. Maybe start off the season somewhere between seven and nine oh or nine and one or around like there. We were, yeah. I think we were for sure six and oh. Yeah. yeah, we were at least six and oh at one point. 
Yeah, good good start there. So we'll look back to get to the ways. Um, we've been some of the hot teams I've liked. I've really liked that over in Chicago games lately. They can't really stop anyone, but they still got the snipers. Um, that that ended up coming through last night. I know the Sabres that was a good play. I was watching that game. Sabres are wagons right now. What you saying, Huff? I was watching that Capitals uh, Blackhawks game because it was on Ferrovi's 800th goal. I guess we can just kind of lead into that, but um, that was yeah, a good on pick. ESPN you said that too. over six. It was yeah. It was in the what? It was four two going into the second intermission. Yeah. It was seven three final, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They scored immediately in the like, third. That was a good hit. I was surprised that the line was sitting at over six minus one ten. Usually, you see that extra half a goal there. That was, that's why I loved it so much because you could push essentially. I took the over in the Avs last Flyers night, game. Right, that backdoor cover by the Flyers and what the final two and a half. That's brutal. That's a brutal loss. Yeah, I wish I wish their... the Avs could have gotten empty net or late in that game because I needed over six and I could have pushed. It was the last leg of yeah. parlay. Or you needed the the Flyers to uh, finish the tie combat. it up, tie it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, what else? What else was doing well yesterday? I know the Panthers have kind of been getting a little hot. I like them at home. They hit. Uh, Kane's have been yeah. really nice. That that goalie when, Kochekov. Yeah, he's good. But one thing about uh, he's good. The Panthers is I don't like betting on Bobrovsky this year. He's just I agree. He's a sieve, dude. Every time he's playing, I, I mean, he did play last night and he had a shutout, so he did play really well. So it doesn't really uh help my case in point here, but. Dude, he's got a losing record this year, and I th- I think he's feeling the pressure of Knight coming up behind him and taking his spot, mm. and it, he, he's just not dealing with it well right now. So uh, I that's I've just been staying away from games with him. But I did uh, yeah, I did a live bet I did a live bet Florida minus one and a half after the first period last night, so that was a nice hit. But um, they finished yeah, five nothing, four nothing I think. I don't know. I just know it was a shutout. I think it was four. Yeah, I'm waiting for Spencer Knight to really reclaim that that role. I mean. It's strange to me that they still split and they've held on to both goaltenders with the age catching up to Bob, too. They're just, they're honestly, in my opinion, they're just waiting for uh, Spencer to hit that stride where he's actually like a top 10 goaltender in the league, something like that. Mackie, you're pretty good at spotting those goalies. Like, I mean, at least that's, you're the one that I talked to the most about this. Like, you, I remember a couple of years ago, you were like, do the Rangers going to be nice coming up with Shesterkin's going to be the starter? Now Spencer Knight in Florida. I remember you talking about him. Obviously, yeah. these are like, Known goalies, well, I was, but I was high on Spencer Knight because he's like my age. So I like I knew that kid growing up. Well, I didn't like know him personally, but like I knew of him growing up. Obviously, yeah. being around like uh, the New England area. Um, but yeah, he's just been a stud his entire life. That kid is. He's a highly touted prospect too, coming into the league, right? Yeah, yeah, he was drafted thirteenth uh, overall, I think. So, I mean, any goalie drafted in the first round. He was the first goalie off the board too, so that's that's saying something, I think. How many goalies have gone first overall ever? There's Flurry, like I know uh, Flurry Luongo. did, Luongo did, DiPietro did. Um, so more than you would think. There's only a handful, but there's definitely been a few. I uh, maybe Brodeur, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. But there's definitely a few. It's very rare, though. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of young talent coming into the league. I like that most of it's actually coming out of America too, which is pretty nice to see. Uh, America is definitely foreign split. It'd be you know how the, you know how everyone rise. always says like if you redrafted the entire league, like who would go first? Like in the NFL, everyone, everyone always says Mahomes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. What I'd be interested to see how high like the first goalie would go if they did that in the NHL, like a total redraft. The first team that's like, all right, I'm going to build around. 
Basilisk. So tough with Ottinger. like an eight Ottinger. I'd go Ottinger right now. Yeah, Ottinger. I'd probably go Shesterkin over Ottinger. No, you like, think so? On. Yeah, he's a reigning Vesna. Yeah, dude, he's not looking like it this year. They always I mean, he's, still the he's also not. He's not having a bad year. It's just hard. Like everyone's comparing him to last year, and when you're being compared, you, he's only had like one and a half. He only played one and a half seasons. That was, I think, that was his first full season. So, I mean, everyone's just expecting him to play at that level twenty four seven, and obviously that's incredibly oh, hard. I'd, to, I'd say, I'd, I'd say to answer your question, probably outside, falling outside of the top twenty though, definitely, maybe not even in the first you round. With you, yeah, you look at some of the youth and good goaltender you can get. Yeah, Vasilevsky's game changing, but look at the team that's in front of him. You really need one of those high end guys at one of the other positions. And there's so much goalie talent around the league. You look at like Sorokin, Ottinger, Hellebuck, uh, just to name a few. We could keep the list yeah, going true. on and on. You can plug and play. Goalies get hot. Olmark really standing on his head. And do you think he's a top goaltender? Even like, I was going to say Jari, like the Penguins case, Jari. They find ways to win games with him, and I don't think he's an elite goaltender. Exactly. Yeah, I'd, yeah, I'd but Vasilevsky is still, in my opinion, the best goaltender in the world. In the world, yeah, yeah. I think everybody would take a top score though. I could probably name twenty scores we'd take before him, and then you're not even getting into defensemen. What do you like, think? Obviously, the first, when, when do you think the first goal goes off the board? Uh, like late, late twenties, early thirties. McDavid's definitely first, and then all the Kale other crazy names. Yeah, you got like Matthews, McCarr, McKinnon. I think uh, one. Two I'd is take Pasternak, Kucherov, Ovechkin, and Crosby are old now, so maybe you would say they would. Crosby would slide yeah. to like top fifteen. Someone would just be like, I don't even yeah, but know, dude. Jack, like Jack Hughes, um, Tage Thompson. I'd take all of those guys before. If they, boys, if they truly did that, some team that never won would be like, fuck it, we'll take them. Yeah. Who? But that'd be late, though. I'm telling Crosby. you. Crosby would not oh. go. I don't even think he'd go like top. I don't think him or Ovechkin would go he'd, top. No, no, him. because of the age. What do they have? Like they two, what do they have? Two seasons left. Yeah, why, would just, yeah. why would you waste like a top pick on? Like I would guys? take. Would you take Matty Benyers over Sidney Crosby in a redraft? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Because when you're redraft at, at that point, it would be every single team would be future. Yeah, at, at future at the future, you're not looking to win now. Like, yeah, you're. If, yeah, you you're are obviously. If it's but, for one, if it's for one season or for a playoff run, no, but. Well, I think at that point you'd see like all the older guys that were that had like two, three, four years left would just like retire. Oh and yeah, it would just be like, yeah, it would just be a young league, and <laughs> that would probably it, be it, it, it just depends league. on your way of looking at. It. Would you be like the Vegas Golden Knights or the Seattle Kraken? You know, you're yeah, looking at definitely. the now or the future. Well, they set that up for Vegas to be that good. Yeah. Well, Seattle's showing that they did it right too, huh? Yeah, it just took a little. It just took an extra year. Yeah. Obviously, Vegas going to Cup their first year was like they they couldn't have any obviously even planned that's, that. That's that's a team that, that could win the Stanley Cup every year of their existence. They have a chance this year too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I like they're kind of falling yeah, off I think, right now. Though. <clears throat> I was gonna say I think it's their best chance actually out of the four years or however many years they've been. I don't team. like the goaltending though. He's a rookie. Logan Thompson's good. He's good, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's not gonna win the Cup as a rookie. That's why it's tough. Matt Murray. What do you mean about Matt Murray winning the cup as a was, Yeah, but yeah, Sidney yeah. Crosby, like, like, come on. Yeah, true. I mean, yeah, definitely. Matt, he walked he into a dynasty. In front of you. Jordan Bennington, too, though, with the Blues. Was he a rookie, though? I don't think Bennington yeah. was a rookie. Yeah, yeah, he no. was. He came in halfway through the season because what's his Grice was playing like shit. He was a nobody. But there's a backup. I hate I hate Benner now. That's some salt. That's some salt in the wound. I hate I hate the Blues. That whole franchise and that goaltender. So 
Oh my god, that was against that you. One. That was against you guys too. Yeah, yeah. In game seven on home ice, don't. Yeah, that's me. pretty brutal. <clears throat> yep. Sorry, you guys thought you guys had to think that uh, you had that in the bag too. I think everyone in the world thought the Bruins were going to win the cup that year. Oh yeah, that's why Tuukka Rask is not going to get into the Hall of Fame. Probably couldn't win one on his own. <laughs> I was so hyped when the Blues won that. Yeah, but la- last point on the NHL here. Um, that Huff brought up earlier. Ovechkin get into that 800 mark in the prime time on ESPN with yeah, a hat trick. Yeah, we kind of skipped uh, over that. No better way to do it, really. I'd say. Yeah, that was that was pretty dope. Second fastest player in history to make the mark. Lots of good stuff there for Ovi at 800. One of my boys actually brought up a good point. He said that um, if he finished the year in like a high 40s goal scoring total, then we'll see at the end of next year an Ovi uh, Gretzky chase, like maybe a late chase towards the end. If he goes 40 had, plus and then masters it again, it'd be it'd be late, but yeah, definitely. That'd be crazy. I don't think you could see it next year. I. What's he at right now? What's he at right he's now? Have, he's he's at a he's a good clip. I gotta check. I I want to say is, is he above twenty already? Well, if he's above twenty, then he's not. Yeah, he's above twenty. Dude, he'd need like a fifty goal season this year and then a sixty goal season next year. When they originally mapped it out, they said it was gonna take like around two. And yeah, a half he years. he has twenty goals already, Mackie, and it's not even halfway through the season. Okay, but think about it. How many goals is he really gonna score this year? He'll, he'll score. Is he, he going to put up over 50? Is he going to put up 40, 50? I was, okay, was going to say 45. Puts up, puts up max 50. That would put him at 230. He would need 56 goals the next year to tie. Isn't it, isn't it 896? So he would basically win the Rocket Richard and break the record in the same year if he scores fifty five goals the following year. I mean he could do it because if you watch Capitals games, he's down he's, he's down ninety three. Yeah. So that's forty six and a half goals per season. Remaining. So adding Remaining, that, so remaining. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. already got twenty this year. So forty six might be sixty six. Yeah, so if he get yeah, he'd have to put up fifty. He could do it though. I mean, yeah, because, dude, if you watch Capitals games, he scores goals just because he's Alex Ovechkin. Because, like, goalies, like, tense up when they see he's about to take a shot. What about on the power play? He's lethal. Okay, well, that's different. Yeah, but, like, he, he like, there's been multiple times where he's, like, had a straight-up shot, and it's gone right mm-hmm. through the goalie because he's, like, he's, like, oh, this is Ovechkin. I, like, I got to, like, overcommit yeah. or something. You and think about dude, it. It's tough, dude, man. Like, it definitely I gets couldn't... in your head. I couldn't imagine if I was a goalie and on a power play and I know Ovechkin standing on that fucking left circle and I'm waiting for it to just go to him and then all of a sudden you don't even see the puck come past you. <laughs> the Dude, only one thing of those, is with that. Oh, keep one of those things get you in the face or even the defenseman standing in front of him, you're dead. You're not. Ovi's office. You're not making a save there. If anything, you're just getting hit by the puck. Every single goalie, you're, if you're sliding over like that, there's no way. If he's going top corner, you Okay, good it's shot. You're not net. saving it. Yeah, it's already in the net. You're just hoping that he does not pick his corner at that point. Same with like Stammer and like e- even like um. I was gonna Pasternak. say Stamco, Stamco, even like Zibanejad. Yeah, Pasta obviously. Like, dude, these guys can pick corners, and you are not stopping a one timer at 95 miles per hour. I don't care who you are. Yeah, definitely fun to watch. Though I'm excited to see him put the puck in more for the rest of the season. Heck yeah, good stuff for Ovi as always. 
One last little thing out of the NHL. Fans at the fri- at Friday's game between the Bruins and the Coyotes at Mullet Arena in Arizona bit off a little more they could chew when a fight broke out in the stands causing a chaotic scene that saw one participant get part of his finger bitten off. In a college arena, too. That was a pretty good one. So good. So good. That that Bruins player got his ass beat. Yeah. <laughs> Right yeah, but Bruins think about fans. it. If you're if you're a Bruin, no real Bruins fan from the heart of uh, the greater Boston area is in Arizona watching the game at the 7500 fan arena. So that guy's probably just a bandwagon because we're nasty. <laughs> you can't lose from the higher level in the seating. You literally have the advantage. Yeah, people that fight. That's embarrassing. Off, like you're you're done for. You're done. <laughs> It's always the smaller like, people too. Like you're if you even... if you're fight if you're fighting the people behind you, you have to you like have to almost pull them over you because you can't fight like that. You got to jump have, down a level or jump up have a four, level. I say. Yeah, they have four feet on. you. Literally. Who lost the thumb? Was it? Uh, I didn't, I didn't, yeah, who I lost the, the finger? Which guy lost the finger? I saw the video of the cop just totally jump over the dog pile and like slide over like three people's backs. It looked like it was funny. It was like a piece of a finger. It was like his fingertip. Yeah, tip of his Ew. finger. Nasty. I'd rather just lose the whole thing. Yeah, leave the brawling to the guys on the ice. Probably in better for <laughs> Crazy stuff out of the NHL. What a wild season there for the Coyotes at Mullet Arena. So let's jump over to little NBA. Uh, last week we talked about the new trophy, the Maurice Podloff. Um, as a team award, but it seems that they've redone some player awards, deciding to redesign and rename some of the trophies given out to the league, as well as adding one. Um, the Michael Jordan Trophy awarded the MVP. The Jerry West Trophy awarded the Clutch Player of the Year. The Hakeem Olajuwon. Is that a new award? The Clutch Player Olajuwon. of the Year? Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah, that's the new trophy. Aluan Trophy awarded to the Defensive Player of the Year. The Wilt Chamberlain Trophy awarded the Rookie of the Year. The John Havlicek Trophy awarded the Sixth Man of the Year. And the George McCon Trophy awarded the Most Improved Player of the Year. I got some pictures in there for you guys to look at. They're all pretty interesting, but interesting. I scrolled through them. Some of them them look pretty dope. Um, This is obviously like the NBA Newer league, the newest out of the four um, between the NFL, NBA, or NBA, MLB, and NHL. So uh, all their awards have just been six man of the year, you know, defensive player of the year. You look at the NHL, it's the Maurice Rocket Richard Award for the scoring leader and the Art Ross and the Hart Memorial. So just an older league. This is something the NBA, I think they've been looking to do this for the past couple of years. And I think they got the list of guys right. I would have liked to see. Uh, I think I know they said what's which what's the Kobe Bryant award? Is that the All Star Game MVP? Yeah, I was gonna say I would have liked. To, yeah, I would have liked to see maybe a Kobe one in there, but um, maybe Clutch Player they of the Year. Jumped the gun by Kobe? giving him the All Star Game award. I think maybe they should have the Clutch waited for Player LeBron of the Year. Yeah, they I agree. Right. They'll, they'll they rename. Waited for LeBron to retire and give him a, a, an award because obviously you can't give it to give him one while he's in the league, but like. He deserves as long as they don't, man. As long as they don't change the logo, I'm fine with whatever they do for the awards. Do you imagine the you won players. the you won the uh LeBron James Defensive Player of the Year award? They give it That'd to That'd be Bronny. so funny. Yeah, and then they give it to Bronny. And he's like sti- and he's like still in the still in the league, like forty six years old like Brady is. That'd be like the Bra- that'd be like the passing yards award being like 
the Tom Brady passing yards award and like you're playing Tom and the banners being raised that night. <laughs> and you're Brock Purdy and you beat him by 35. Yeah, you beat him by, and you're up 35 nothing at half. Yeah. Yeah, but those, it's definitely interesting. I'm excited to go see that down at the Basketball Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. I've been there a couple of times, not too far from my house. So. Where is that? It's in Connecticut, I believe. That's Mac, what I you thought. been there before? Nah, probably closer yeah. to you than me. Yeah, definitely. But uh, definitely a good time if you if you want to make the trip. Cool place to go. They even have a court built into there. Well, do you know where it is in Connecticut? Hmm. I want to say it's in the middle, but let me look. Middle. The middle. <laughs> the middle of Connecticut. It is. <laughs> I guess it's, it's spr- not a oh, big no. State. It's actually. It's actually. It's actually. It is basically in the middle. It's. It's in Springfield, Mass. So you know, like if you're from my That's area, it's I like thought. if you go yeah. to if you go to if you go to uh, Six Flags, also in the same area. So you have to go through Connecticut the whole way, and then right when you get into Massachusetts, it's right there. But yeah, not too far. Definitely a sick place to go to. I've been a few times. The Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame. That is. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Out of the NBA, new trophies, and that's about it. Over to the MLB, one quick little point. The San Francisco Giants and Carlos Carrera agreed to terms on a 13-year deal. I meant to look it up when I put that in there, and I totally forgot. $350 million? Yeah, something like Is that. that. What he got? <clears throat> no, but I don't know. I Obviously, the Giants had all that money cleared up for Judge, so they kind of had to spend it somewhere. Yeah, and $350 million. the only one left over, so $350 million goes to him, but... I thought it was pretty random when he was in Minnesota, so I'm just glad to see him get out of Minnesota. I've never been too big a fan of his, even from uh, his days back in Houston and then Minnesota. Just two teams I'm not necessarily a big fan of. So um, I do like the Giants, so maybe he'll kind of become one of those players I can start to root for, but um, that's my take on this. I just think the Giants had a lot of money and expectations cleared up to bring in Judge and all these big free agent signings, and uh, this is what they got. They got Carlos Gray when they expected Aaron Judge. Huff, how much do you think they had to spend extra for the trash cans? <laughs> oh, good bit. I got three, not $350 million worth because it's coming into him. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. I'm eager to see what my Red Sox can do with some of that cap that they decided not to spend on Bogarts. If they just extend Devers, I wouldn't be mad. Dude, I did not think he was worth that much money. Like, I'm not, I don't watch that many Red Sox games because you guys are AL, but like, that's a I'm lot of money for him, that. I feel like. Yeah, I'm ha- he, his age is 29 going on 30. So obviously yeah, I thought he was prime. decently older. Like, uh, I believe he's 30 years old. But No, I mean, like, he's not He's not 25. Right. No, exactly. And uh, the Red Sox, if you remember correctly, they actually uh, played poorly the last few years. The COVID year, they came in second to last, had a high draft pick. They took three shortstops in the, last, in the first round in the last three years. So, yeah, Bogey is uh, 30. One of my favorite players, though, so sad to see him depart, but happy we didn't drop the bag on him. You went where San Diego? Yeah, yeah, that's a great place to go. Does that mean Tatis is out? I don't know. That's a really good team. So no Tatis way Tatis the Yankees. is out. Yeah, he's the he the, the <laughs> there's however many seats in that stadium, ninety percent of them are wearing number twenty three on the back. So I don't yeah. think he I don't think he has to worry about anything actually. Yeah, I agree. Oh, I agree for that. But I'm saying if they get rid of him, if he never steps on the field, like his value is true. I mean. If he fucks up again, this is already one thing that they're like, come on, dude. He's never on. He hasn't played the last two years. Which is a shame. He's one of the most fun players to watch, definitely. Agreed. 
Good stuff there out of the MLB. Let's move over to the NFL. Some injuries to report are the Arizona Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray tore his ACL on Monday night. The MRI confirmed Tuesday morning. His season is over. He's expected to get surgery after Christmas. Very disappointing there for the Cardinals. At least he has some more time to play some Call of Duty. Yeah, obviously I had the... Uh, you guys did actually too. You had a minute teaser, but I liked the Cardinals in that game. I thought the uh, Monday night primetime, I thought Kyler was going to have a big game there. Um, obviously, anytime you have an injury like that in third play, it's a whole different game. I actually almost immediately was looking for the first chance to like live bet the, the Patriots if I could get them on a good money line. And there was multiple times I could have. Um, I ended up not doing it. And then the second in the second half, I was still riding the plus three. I'm like, all right, maybe Colt McCoy can do this thing for me. I've seen him do it before, but uh, should have pulled the trigger on the Patriots when I could. But uh, that first half under, I'm more salty about than the Cardinals spread. So, um, If just, you knew that DeAndre Hopkins had the Patriots, you would have taken him too. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe close. he said all that stuff. What did oh, no, he say? I'm, I'm, say oh, I'm saying, I'm saying – the fumble he had, the uncharacteristic. No, didn't he? Say, didn't he say? Didn't he say something about fantasy that was like people were giving him shit about? He was no, like, "Start me that. or start me in your leagues this week or something like." Uh, who needs saved in fantasy? I'm, I play on Monday or something like that. Yeah, not I against the Patriots defense. I'm gonna look That's it up, like, but you guys give your takes on this. I'm gonna look that up. The the one take I have on Kyler Murray before because we'll really jump into this with a game on the Cardinals is um. I think he really, obviously, he's one of my favorite players. I, I have the jersey, whatnot, support him throughout the year. But I think he escaped a good game against a great defense and really escaped a tough season for that franchise. Um, someone on air said it best the other night. I forget, forget who the, the name was. But they were saying this Cardinals team, with the extension of the season, they're one of those teams that can barely survive 16 or seven, or 15 or 16 games, and now they got to play a 17th game, so... I mean, they, the season can't end soon enough for the Cardinals franchise and Cliff and Kyler to turn it back around. So best wishes to him to get get well soon. Fun player to watch. Yeah, I think uh, I don't think the Cardinals are really doing anything this year. It's uh, you just never like to see an injury like that, especially uh, to a mobile quarterback. So uh, you you never know what this what this can actually uh, do to his game long term. So just don't like to see it. Tough one there in the 49ers, also dealing with an injury, Debo Samuel, but he is expected to return from those injuries in three-ish weeks from a report that I saw. So pretty interesting there. Quicker return, I think, than people expected for him. He'll be back for the playoffs. I think this is a team that still is going to make some serious noise in the playoffs. Um, That defense, I mean, obviously, anytime it comes down to the NFL playoffs, we know defense wins championships, and this is the best defense in the NFL. Uh, they're showing it on a week-in and week-out basis, and Brock Purdy can just continue. doesn't even have to do what he did last week. If you can just play an average game like Garoppolo and like that 49ers offense has run uh, over the past two years and get as far as they've gotten, uh, this defense is going to carry them to good places. And I think if Debo gets healthy, they get guys like Kittle, McCaffrey, everyone rolling at the same time. This is a very scary team. I really, I, I really like the Niners. I don't know. Brock Purdy kind of just gave me like a new spark uh, after seeing what he could do last week. Um, I know a lot of people are probably riding high on them, um, but I don't know. I think this is a really good team that you can get good odds on to go far. I actually, uh, I was, I was my bad, Mackie, but uh, my quick take on this before we get into it much more on the actual schedule. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's not going to be that bad. They can actually rest him pretty well, especially it's not that hard for Brock Purdy to hand the ball to Christian McCaffrey if need be. Um, I've been high on this team. My buddy Beak and I actually propped them. Them and the Bucks were the two teams we were high on. Both still have a good chance to make a, a deep run, even though the Bucks look an ugly this year. But uh, Niners have been high on all year, even before the McCaffrey move, and those odds just keep jumping up every week. So jump on the, the bandwagon while you can. Shanahan's due for one. said it before, I'll say it again. Yeah, imagine this team had like a good quarterback the past few years. With Tom Brady? Yeah, okay. I, I'm not going to say good because I guess Jimmy Garoppolo is not a bad quarterback. But um, he's been to an NFC championship game. He's been to a Super Bowl. And uh, I don't know, Matt. Just think about if they had like Aaron Rodgers or like even like Lamar Jackson or Dak Prescott. Yeah, even if, even if they had a lower guy, I'd say they've had like mid-tier They've had mids at quarterback for sure, and they've been going a far way. So, dude, when they wanted to, when they wanted to bring in what's his name, um, or when they when Garoppolo went down, I wanted the Saints to figure out what they're doing with Jameis because, like, let him go to the Niners. That'd be a fun team to watch. Is Jameis good though? I don't know. I like him. I He's really want makes him way to be too good. many mistakes for that team. I really want him he, to be good. He, he doesn't have a job with Andy Dalton. I don't know how good he is. I always thought he was pretty decent, but I guess not. I think he's better than Andy Dalton. Yeah, I don't know what that what that situation's all about, but I mean, Jameis was hurt in and out, like in and out of the lineup all the first half of the year, and I think it just kind of Andy Dalton had that string of games where he definitely earned the starting spot for a couple of weeks, but then he also did enough to lose it over the past couple. So, in my uh, opinion, I think he's the quarterback you want in when you want the higher pick. So, they're fine with it. I mean, their they first don't even round have their pick. pick. Yeah. yeah, their first round pick belongs to the Eagles, who's the just clinched the playoffs. Yeah, best team in the league right now. But yeah, excited to touch on them. Yes, yes. Let's touch on that more as we jump into our weekly NFL schedule. For week 15, lots of good games on the schedule this week. But let's go over a quick stat here of the best NFL teams against the spread this season. The Bengals coming in as the top team this year, 10-3 and three against the spread. Lines behind them going 9-4. and four. Giants also 9-4 and four in the Cowboys. Mackey's Cowboys going 8-5 and five against the spread this year. All four of these teams playing very solid this year. Cow- Cowboys and the Lions back-to-back years killing the spread. I know Dallas started the year like 7-0 and last year, and obviously Dan Campbell and the Lions were in uh, almost every game last year with a horrible record, so they covered a lot of spreads. Just spread-covering machines. Love to see it. All right, and we have some of our first teams here eliminated from the playoffs, not eligible to make it. We in The first team is the Houston Texans, followed by the Chicago Bears, and finally the Denver Broncos. Not thrilled to see the Broncos in that category with Russ this season, but you guys got anything on that? Yeah, obviously tough expectations coming in for that Broncos team. That's a team that... Uh, myself and many, most people, obviously, with the, the big name signing of Russell Wilson or the trade, however you want to call it. The Let's ride. Trade. Um, yeah, all the hype that was coming into this season with that team, uh, the letdown, the injuries in and out of the lineup with the whole team and just the underperformance with Russ. Uh, that's something that I look for. I look for that team to bounce back next season, I think. Uh, I don't think this is something that will con- uh, continue on uh, or carry on into next year. I think this team, they have a really good defense, and I think when they get a full 
full offseason, another full uh, summer with Russ and these receivers. I think this is a team that uh, will make some noise next year, obviously in a very tough div- uh, division with the Chiefs and Chargers uh, and the Raiders out in the AFC West. But they lost Javante Williams early on this year. They haven't really had a true running back. Latavius Murray's been in and out with them. They cut Melvin Gordon. So it's been a pretty questionable year with the Broncos, obviously first year under new ownership. So that happens a lot in the NFL anytime new owners come in. So I think this, like I said, I think it's a team that will bounce back. But obviously this year I think they're like 3-10, and 10, looking to get a nice draft pick, maybe get Russ an offensive lineman, see what they can do next year. But obviously this year things did not go as planned. Yeah, a team battered by injury. A lot of hype around that contract coming in, but they they lack chemistry. They lack they lack health, and I think they lack a decent play caller. So I think in offseason we'll do this team uh, a lot of justice, and maybe we see Ross really hit the grind in the offseason for once. So expect a lot from them next year. And with that, let's move forward into our Thursday night game. The first matchup is the San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks. For this matchup, the 49ers are the favorite here at minus three. Their money line sitting at minus 176 in the over-under, sitting at 43 and a half. Since 1986, Seattle has been a home dog in December 25 times and are 20 and 5 against the spread and 14 and 11 straight up. The 49ers are 18 and 7 against the spread in their last 25 games as well as 3-9 and nine against the spread in their last 12 games played on a Thursday, while the Seahawks are 9-1 and one straight up in their last 10 on a Thursday. So lots of uh, interesting trends there. 49ers not playing well on Thursdays, while the Seahawks do. But what do we think is going to happen this week? Ace, let's start, you, let's start off with you on this Thursday night. Such a crucial Thursday night football game. Actually a good matchup that I'm excited to watch too. Um... Yeah, we have the news stories with Brock Purdy and then the Debo Samuel injury. But something huge to look at is the Seahawks, who were once leading their division with potential comeback player of the year, Geno Smith, are really fighting for their playoff lives now at 7-6. and six. Um, A huge home game, divisional game nonetheless. They can re- if they grab a win here, there's a chance that they can get back into that uh, hunt for the division too, um, sitting two games back of the 49ers. But at the same time, I love the 49ers minus three. Such a good team, such a good roster, such a good coaching staff. I know that people might be uh, high on Geno Smith. I have not been all year. If you've been listening to our podcast, you definitely know that I am anti-Seahawks. I think this team was supposed to be one of the worst, and they're going to fall off towards the end. Definitely big to monitor with Kenneth Walker coming back, but I think that the 49ers have their way, and the Seahawks struggle to put points on the board. I don't know where you guys lean here. Um, th- This is a... Uh... Weird matchup because uh, everyone's gonna be really high on the Niners right now. Obviously, we just we just watched what they did to uh, Tampa Bay, and obviously Brock, Brock Purdy hasn't had many flaws to his game in the first two two weeks of his uh, young career. But I don't know. I think it's a divisional game. It's a Thursday night game. It's a short week. Um, a lot of people are gonna be on the Niners. Everyone's gonna be riding the Niners. Um, you're going to to Seattle. It's a tough place to play. We've seen it all year. People are. Uh, Having a tough time playing in Seattle. Geno Smith, he he's a good quarterback in my opinion. I think he's having a great year. I think he's having a clutch year. I think he's making plays when he needs to make plays, and he's winning games when he needs to win games. He's falling. He I don't I wouldn't say he's falling off recently, but Seahawks are definitely falling off a little recently. I think they're sitting right outside a playoff spot after that uh Washington and Giants tie, so they're holding the playoff spots right now. But 
I think this is definitely a winnable game for them, especially uh, trying to get back into the playoffs. Geno Smith wants this more than anybody else, I think, and I think that uh, with the right with the with the right recipe, I think that they can uh, find a way to win this game, just steal a win from the Niners. Yeah, I kind of lean on the same side. I think this will be a close game, a very low-scoring game. Um, but in that kind of aspect, I always like to take the points in a divisional matchup. Uh, I saw this at three and a half earlier. Um, is it still three or three and a half? Are we talking? I don't have my Fanduel app pulled. I have up. it at three on Fanduel. I have yeah, it at three saw, as well. I was gonna say I think it was three and a half this morning when I checked the uh, DraftKings or Fanduel, one of the two. So either it's moving or I'm gonna have to shop smart on this one, but. I can get three and a half with the Seahawks. I think they're able to keep this thing close. Uh, do or die situation, like you said, Mackie, obviously with the Commanders and the Giants with that tie, that was huge for the Seattle team. Uh, another big thing, Seahawks just lost to that Panthers team last week at home. I uh, ended up taking the Panthers plus three in that game. As soon as I saw Kenneth Walker was out, uh, like a minute before the kick, I ended up taking the Panthers plus the three points. I uh, ended up winning that game outright. It was pretty much it was getting close towards the end, but... Uh, Seahawks staying in every game at home. Tough place to play, like you said. Uh, I like the Seahawks with the points. I think, like I said, I was hyping up that Niners defense and Brock Purdy, and I think this is a team that can make a serious run. Um, that does not mean that I don't think they're going to slip up at some point. And like you said, Mackie, short week. Uh, rookie quarterback with a second start. Uh, definitely going to be riding high up for that win against Tom Brady. Uh, I like the Seahawks to kind of come in and spoil the party here in prime time. At least keep things close. I'll take the points. I like the Seahawks plus three. Solid analysis there for the Thursday night game. Let's jump into our games on Saturday. We got three games this Saturday. I got a trend for those games. In regular season Saturday games, the road team is 53-31-5 against the spread over the past 20 years. Those teams are 10-2-3 against the spread since 2008, covering the spread by 6.5 points per game. So very interesting one there. Not used to seeing a lot of Saturday football, but let's jump into our first game. 1 o'clock, Indianapolis Colts at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are the favorite here at 4.5 points. Their money line sitting at minus 215, and the over-under sitting at 48.5. The 10-2 and two Vikings were underdogs last week versus the 5-7 and seven Lions. The market's got it right, and now the Vikings are playing off a loss. In his NFL career, Kirk Cousins is 36-22 and 22 against the spread after a straight-up loss. Cousins ranks fifth most profitable quarterback against the spread off a loss in the past 20 years. Let's send it over to Mackey for this one, the early Saturday game. What do you got for us? Uh, yeah, I really think this is a this is a nice get-right game for the Minnesota Vikings. I think uh, it's a low spread, and I think they're going to have a lot of people on them as well, but... Uh, I don't know. Vikings are wagons at home this year. They're six and one at home this year. Colts are kind of falling off and uh, falling off a cliff. They're sitting at four eight and one. Kind of their playoff chances are just diminishing. They're definitely um, at the bottom looking up. Um, Jet is going to have a great game. I know uh, Stephon Gilmore. He's healthy, right? So yeah, he'll have Stephon Gilmore on him. But I, I, nothing you can really do to to guard that guy. All you can do is really contain him. But I think he has a really good game at home. Uh, 200-yard game, and I and I think the Vikings roll this game. I really think they uh take control and get back on schedule. This this is still a good team, you know. Um, a lot of people are under, underestimating them after that um that slip up last week, and I guess they got blown out by the Cowboys. But uh, this team, they just gotta find their they just gotta find their way. They have their they have their moments, but this is still a very good football team, and I think that they 
they can roll this week and uh, get back on track. Yeah, Mac, yeah, I agree with you. What's nice is it kind of is a primetime game of sorts because it's a one it's a Saturday game, but I don't, I really don't see it that way. It's a one o'clock game, and we know Kirk Cousins really thrives in that that window. And um, at home against a team like the Colts, I think we can stick a fork in them. They're done after this week. I think the Vikings easily cover four. If you want, if you're a little nervous, get them at that three with a little bit of a heftier line. But I love teams minus three at home. I love the Vikings this week to score a lot of points, and Indianapolis has an inefficiency of doing the same. I do think Jonathan Taylor will definitely get in the end zone and probably total over 100 yards, but uh, it's, it's not going to be many touchdowns for the Colts. I, I'll say they get two, probably kick one through the posts, give it 17, and we probably see Kirk throw three and maybe Dalvin or Madison run one in. Going to see a double-digit win by the Vikings in this spot. Probably going to card, card the Vikings and maybe a Jonathan Taylor touchdown this week. Um, Justin Jefferson will continue to eat as he looks to take over that Calvin Johnson single season receiving record. I think he's like 400 yards short. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys, basically, for all the reasons that you said. I think this Vikings team, tough loss last week to that Lions team. Um, I really liked them. I ended up leaning towards the Lions uh, late in the week. I know I ended up saying the Vikings on the pod. Um, But that Lions team was scary in that situation, and they were the right play. but this this week I do like Minnesota. I think they cover the, <coughs> cover the four points here and get the job done. Can we see a team play? Sounds like it. The Vikings seem team to be play. the move. We haven't had one of those in a while. Kirk Cousins, yeah. non primetime Kirk, lock that in for the boys, maybe. Stay tuned for that one here on Saturday. Next up on Saturday, we got another game here at 4.30, the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns. The Browns are the favorite here at 2.5 points. Their money line sitting at minus 148 and the over-under at a low 37.5. The trends I got for this one are that the Cleveland is 2-12 and against the spread in their last 14 games at home against Baltimore, as well as 2-10 and straight up in their last 12 games in Week 15. Baltimore is 12 and 2 against the spread in their last 14 games on the road against oh, I already said that what the fuck. Baltimore is 24 and 5 straight up in their last 29 games against Cleveland. What do we think is going to come out of here? Is Lamar going to be able to take care of the Browns? Ace, you want to get or Huff, you want to get us going on this one? What do you think? Yeah, I'm looking right now. Um Lamar and Tyler Huntley are still questionable. Tyler Huntley in question or in concussion protocol. Lamar Jackson obviously still with that PCL injury from two weeks ago against Denver. Um, I don't really know who's going to be a quarterback right now for uh, Baltimore. I am leaning Baltimore. I like them with the points here. Obviously, I'm hoping I can <clears throat> at least get Tyler Huntley under center. Uh, I like what the Ravens did last week, obviously, against my Steelers. I was there to watch that one. Uh, tough, just true AFC North game, 16-14. to 14. They ran the ball. That defense obviously got their turnovers on Trubisky, forced the turnovers in the red zone. Um, you had Roquan Smith pick them off, the former uh, Bear teammates. But I really like what this Ravens defense is all about right now. And this is a scary team. Divisional matchup. I'll take the points. Uh, I like the Ravens plus three. Yeah, yeah, Hoffa, I just want to tell you quick before uh, you finish your point there. Tyler Huntley has gotten two straight days of practice. So he's trending in the right direction. I think Lamar is probably going to be held out. Hasn't practiced all week, um, and I'm guessing this team is looking at a playoff run. Probably don't want to jeopardize that. Huntley looks like he'll be good to go, though. I'll take the Ravens plus three. Thank you. Yeah, I'll probably take the Ravens money line this week. I love them in this spot. Browns are a team that loves 
losing games. They'll they'll stick in it tight, so this will be a nail-biter, especially with Huntley under center. You know that the Bravens will play a lot slower, but uh, it's going to be a lot of ground and pound from both sides. Um, I really like I could the look at here, I could though. look at this under, too. Yeah, I could oh. see that. I saw a weird oh. stat that said... Uh, that said Watson in their OC are trying to target deep more this week. They want to really expand the playbook with Sean Watson. So maybe that could lead to more interceptions. Maybe that leads to more deep balls. But nonetheless, he needs to get that offense going. Yeah, um, you guys said Huntley is playing this week? Yeah. Huntley's got two straight days of practice in, so I'd assume he's a go. Um. All right, yeah, I kind of lean on uh, I, I lean Browns here. I don't really have a nice play on this because uh, I don't really know which way I lean here. Browns are so uncertain right now. I just uh, I don't know. Deshaun Watson, he's looking better and better each week. I know he's making a lot of mistakes, and he just he looks like he's not fully back yet. But I don't know. He's, he's this divisional game. You got a home game. You know, you got a banged up Ravens team. Tyler Huntley hasn't looked good when he's been in there. He hasn't looked like he, what he what he he used to in the past. Um, I think NFL teams are kind of figuring him out now that the, now that they have film on him. And can um game plan for him. Um, I think the Browns win this game. I think that they're th- that they can figure it out at home. I think uh the Ravens are really struggling right now. Even though they're 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 getting wins, but they're getting wins by the skin of their teeth against bad teams. They're just uh I don't know. I just I I I lean Browns here. I don't I don't see the Ravens winning this game. I don't think that they're playing very well recently. And I think the Browns are even though they're not getting wins, they're turning in the right direction. And I think they're getting more faith in Deshaun Watson week by week. Yeah, you know what's uh, you know what's tough to me is, it's gonna be a tough one to look at either way. A lot of injuries on both sides. Um, but the thing that always pisses me off, kind of, I think I said this earlier in the year when they had Jogo Kobe Brissett on the center. I like when the Browns stick to their identity and pound the rock with Chubb and Hunt. Those guys should be seeing thirty plus, thirty five plus combined carries a game, and they really tend to stray away from it. Whether they have Baker Mayfield or Sean Watson under center, I mean, but- if they can commit to that run game, they they're pretty unbeatable. Think about how good that run game would be if they get the pass game going with Deshaun Watson. I don't even think you need to force that, though. They, they shoot themselves in the foot so often, and they fall behind they're the not, sticks. They're not getting wins. I mean... Yeah. I just I just would stick to the ground game with Chun. I th- think that's one of the best... Well, the best tandem in the league. I think Hunt is one of the... Chubb is one of the best running backs in the league. I, I'd like to see them get back to running more is all I'm saying. But yeah, you got to get Watson going at some point. Almost a lost season, really fighting for their lives as well. So this will be a great divisional game. Another great matchup for us early in the week. Um, leaning Ravens money line here, but we'll see how the injury report comes out for me. You think if uh, the Browns went out, they get a playoff spot? Nine and eight. Yeah, that'd make them nine and eight. If they went out, probably right, because that means they could be um, eking out the Ravens. Or the Chargers are in that tough division. The AFC East is kind of a bloodbath. And you know the AFC South has no second true team really to come out. So, I mean, who would you expect more? Here's a good question. Would you rather see the, or not would you rather, could you see the Browns or Jaguars coming out more? Jaguars. Probably have an easier schedule. No, no, no. The Jaguars don't have an easier schedule. Browns, Browns should be favored to win every single game, this, every single the rest of the games this year. And I'm only saying that because they're minus three this week. This is their hardest game. It's hmm. a good point. We'd have to look into that, but yeah, I, mean, I just say I say the ja- I say the Jaguars because they have an easier chance to win their division. Oh, I don't think either of them will end up winning their. division. They're not going to win their division. Sneaking. Yeah, I th- I think that's kind of out of the question at this point. But they Jags could backdoor, Huff. You're not Jags wrong. have 
Cowboys, Jets, Texans, Titans. That's two that's against, games. That's, that's that's three playoff teams, and if you include the Ravens, that's four. I mean, that's not great odds, but right. I don't know. Interesting. It'll be interesting, interesting to watch. Question. It's this is gonna be this is gonna be on the uh, dependent on the injury report. So definitely check out our socials on Saturday for a pick from me on this game. You said it, Ace. Good stuff there. Let's jump into the. Final game on Saturday, 8-15, the Miami Dolphins at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are the favorite here at minus 7. Their money line sitting at minus 300 in the over-under sitting at 43.5. The trends I got here, the Bills are 14-3 and straight up in their last 17 games as the favorite. The Dolphins are 3-14 and straight up, 4-12-1 against the spread in their last 17 games at Buffalo, as well as 1-5 against the spread in their last 6 on the road. Not looking up for the Dolphins here in this matchup against the Bills, but do the Bills cover seven? Mackie, let's send it over to you. What do you think? Yeah, I just think this is kind of a ridiculous line, and uh, I think a lot of people are going to be on the Dolphins as well, but seven points in this game is is, is pretty dramatic, I think. Um, Bills tend to play down in games like these and we keep teams around even when they have the chance to escape. And I know you're in a, you're going into Buffalo too. Is obviously not used to that. Dolphins obviously aren't used to that. But the Bills are going to let them, let them stick around in this game. I know for a fact that they are. They do it almost every single week unless him, unless Diggs and Allen are just on. But we, we haven't really been seeing that too much recently. And I and it's a divisional game. You know, both teams, what is it? Bills are kind of running away with it. They're 10-3. and three. Dolphins are only 8-5. and five. But I don't I don't see the Bills uh, basically clinching a divisional, clinching a, the division after this week. Um, I think the Dolphins can... Uh, at least stick around and make it a close game and just give them a run for their money. Is seven point spread in this game is pretty ridiculous to me. Yeah, Mac, you said it right. You want know it's pretty crazy to think about. If you can throw together a Saturday teaser of sorts, you could be getting at the the Dolphins at like plus thirteen, plus fourteen. Should be a crazy thing to look at. But uh, a fat money line too. I think you really brought this up earlier in the season. Uh, not so much as of late. But uh, the dogs, if you take them with the points, might as well take them straight up. And it's gonna be a juicy money line there. Um, I don't know if you guys saw that clip of uh, Mike McDaniel rocking the "It's not cold enough here" shirt, um, or it's too warm or something. He was walking around <laughs> That's Dolphins funny. practice in Buffalo, so hopefully That's it doesn't funny. turn into a meme after that. But I think the Bills handle them this week. Um, another tough game for the Dolphins. Their schedule just keeps getting tougher, huh? But uh, I think they they lose this one up there. Seven points too much though, so I don't I don't really know there. Um. Got, might might come back on that Tyree kill prop that really killed me last week. He had twelve targets and came down with five catches or something <laughs> like that. That's that's such a hurt. Do you see the one that uh, landed right in front of him that he's looking around for? Yeah, like right across the middle the, of the field. His he his other touchdown too. His other touchdown too. The one where the first one that you cashed the the not the true touchdown the fumble six, which is crazy to me because it doesn't count in fantasy. But it uh, he gets the six points for the touchdown. He just doesn't get the yards. I don't think. Not not in one of my leagues, and I have really? I have t- yeah, and the same thing happened to me the week pre- previous with jo- uh, Traylon Burks when he picked up the Derrick Henry <laughs> touchdown. So I was pretty limited <laughs> there, but nonetheless, it cashed your ticket. But that really uh, took away an offensive drive that could have seen him cash that for me. So, um, yeah, gonna be looking at maybe an over there. Honestly, a lot two offenses that like to score a lot of points, but I think the Bills come out with this one. 
What do you think? I was thinking the same thing about the over. Why is it so low? Is there some weather expectations? Divisional primetime game. Huff, it's it's very cold. If you watched the last week's game, what was it? Bills, Jets. Um, The offenses were stalled out to begin the game just with the cold. So so cold there. It was also snowing. I don't know if it's going to be snowing this time, but. I like I no I like the Dolphins with the points. Um, I think it'll be a close game. I think Tua is able to bounce back after a tough couple of games. Um, last couple of weeks, I I ended up live betting Dolphin or not Dolphins last week. I had Tua. I live bet Tua under one and a half touchdowns, so I was able to hit a nice little. I think it was like plus one thirty whenever I took it. So, um, but I like the Dolphins with the points here. Divisional game. Despite the weather, I don't know about the situation on the over-under. I think it's like 42-and-a-half, but I definitely would lean the over with these two offenses. Um, but I like the Bills – or Bills. I like the Dolphins plus seven. So it would be a fun one to watch. They gave us a good Saturday slate. Yeah, this yeah, is a good Saturday night one. They did, actually. Yeah, Saturday is going to be a great day for football. But let's move into Sunday. Our first matchup is beginning at 1 p.m., First one being the Atlanta Falcons at the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are the favorite here at four and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus 220 and the total at 42 and a half. The trends I got here are that New Orleans is 52 and 16 straight up in their last 68 games as the favorite, as well as three and nine straight up in their last 12. Atlanta is three and 11 straight up in their last 14 games against an opponent in the NFC South as well as 11-3 straight up in their last 14 games in Week 15. Very, very interesting game here. The Falcons and the Saints. I don't know what I like here. Four and a half points. Weird spread. Let's send it over to Ace. Yeah, definitely. like I said, weird spread. Weird game overall. I mean, Andy Dalton versus Desmond Ritter in a potential division-altering game, right? Someone with a negative record is probably going to come out of that division. And the way the Bucks have been trending, it's anybody's division up for grabs. What's crazy to me is Desmond Ritter. They've decided to go with him. I mean, I, I called this out on the pod maybe two or three weeks ago after Mariota's abysmal Thursday night performance against the Panthers. I was calling for Desmond Ritter to get his luck. And now after coming out of the bye week, he does. Um, I think the Falcons are the better team all around. I know that the Saints have a good defense, but I, I like the Falcons' money line plus four. You guys have been on that, that bandwagon all year long. Um, more consistent team. I know that that defense is going to scare a lot of people. And uh, they think and a lot of people are projecting Andy Dalton to have a day. I don't know why. I'm not a fan of his. I could see him getting benched eventually soon, too. But, uh, yeah, give me the, the Falcons to stay alive. They win this one. They're 6-8, and eight, and they're really on the tails of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I like them plus four. I like them money line, too. And I think it's going to be a good game. Low-scoring, tight divisional contest. But give me the you Falcons know, to come out. You know who's making their de- debut, too? Who? Desmond Ritter, you didn't know? That's what I said. Oh, I didn't even hear you say that. My bad. Um, oh yeah, I'm excited for it too, though, man. Yeah, I think I I I think he has a good game. I think him and Cordell Patterson have a great game against uh, the Saints, especially they're sitting here five and eight, one game out of the out of the NFC South for uh, the lead, and you know Saints. Uh, I just think the Saints are falling off. I know they're only two games out, and this would uh, tie them up, but uh, I I don't know. I, I think the Falcons keep pace with the Bucks, and I think that they uh. Up until week 18, I think they'll have a chance to win this division. And hopefully, they hopefully they find a way too, so Cowboys can play them first round instead of the Bucks. But uh, yeah, I think the Falcons definitely uh find a way to cover four points here. I think uh, this should be Mac, more. Mac, we like sounded a, the the exact same on our takes there. We both are on the same page. 
<laughs> I, I didn't even listen to your take, my bad. But uh, Literally, same yeah. exact point. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, I, I love the Falcons here, plus four, 100%. And the money line, probably. I don't... The spread's weird, because like, I always say to take the points in the divisional game. I guess I lean Falcons with you guys, but I really like the under here. Uh, I like more of a low-scoring game out of Ritter in his first uh, first start, coming into a tough place to play in New Orleans. Uh, back, really good defense on the Saints, so I really like what's coming out of this game. A lot of no points. I'll take the under 43.5. I like that. Huff, could you take a under first half here? This could be an interesting one. I wonder what I what it's sitting at right now, actually. I'm pulling it up. That Saints defense is no joke. I think it's low scoring, but I think that the Falcons, they're going to stick around. Great stuff out of our first game on Sunday. The next one we have is the Detroit Lions at the New York Jets. The Lions are the favorite in this one at minus one. Their money line at minus 106 and the over-under sitting at 44 and a half. The total has gone over in 10 out of the Jets' last 13 games against an opponent in the NFC North. The Jets are 3-9 straight up in their last 12 games against an opponent in the NFC. Detroit is 1-10-1 straight up in their last 12 games against an opponent in the AFC. And the Lions are 2-12-1 straight up in their last 15 games on the road. Huff, you want to take this one away? The Lions and the Jets. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, huh, coming huh. into this season, go what? I was going to say, can I go first? Cause I had to pee really bad. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Mackie, you want right. to send it over on this one? <laughs> yeah, uh, in my opinion, this is pr- probably the game of the week. These are two teams. Who, um, Lions are obviously on, on the uh, uprise, and the Jets are uh, just kind of trying to stay afloat here. These are two teams who are really trying to get into a playoff spot right now. Um, Jets basically had control of their own destiny from uh from like week 11 out. I think they were sitting at 7 and 4, they're now 7 and 6 and they're uh, looking at looking from the outside trying to get in. Um but this is a good chance for them to get a nice win under their belt. And on the other side of the field, I think uh Dan Campbell got got his boys rolling right now. Jer- Jared Goff, Mon Ra, um Williams getting in the end zone all, all these times. I think these guys are playing really good football. Um I I just like the I like the home field here. I really think the Jets win this game and I think the Jets are the better team. Um, Mike White can uh, take advantage of this defense a little. And um, I think Jets can get back on track here and, and win this game. I think it will be game of the week, though, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I'm actually kind of on the opposite side of you. I think I this Lions team has been frisky. I don't know if I can bet against this Lions team right now. I really like what's coming out of Jared Goff. Like you said, Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, Jamison Williams obviously having a big game last week getting in the end zone. I really like him, the star receiver from Alabama. Um, and uh, Jamal Williams, the running back, he's just been a stud over the past couple of weeks. DeAndre Swift, you can name all the guys. They've been putting up points at will. Uh, Jared Goff really starting to look like a seasoned veteran quarterback that's able to get the job done. Uh, this is a team I'm rooting for. I really like uh, Dan Campbell as a head coach. I really like what this Lions team's going for. Um, and in a pick game, I don't love that it's in New York. I really wish this was at Ford Field in Detroit, but um, I'll take the Lions. Yeah, Hop, I was I was waiting to see your point, honestly, because I agree with you 100%. I really like how the Lions are playing, but you know what's scary to me, too, is if I'm on the Jets, is Mike White's health. 
right? And that's another guy. It's Mike White we're talking about. I was going to say, is there, a, is there a chance we see Zach Wilson in this game? Because if so, I love the line. Yeah, I think Mike White could get knocked out of this game. A lot of flags are pointing to Zach Wilson getting another shot this week. Joe Flacco. Mike, Joe Mike Flacco's White. inactive. Mike White also got beat up by the Buffalo defense last week in the snow. He's playing against the Detroit defense this week, and you're gonna be, you know, it's not gonna be snowing. I, th- I just think he gets back on track, and he even said in the interview, he goes, "I'm, I'm, I'm gonna fight until I can." I'm like these guys, you gotta prove to these guys that you're, that you're uh, gonna, gonna fight for them. And if that's his mentality, he's not coming out in no game unless he's literally medically not allowed to. So yeah, I, I could I, see I, that. Okay, I saw that he was just pretty banged up, but regardless of that, even if Mike White's 100%, I'm not afraid of Mike White. I know he plays well, but uh, yeah, that, that Jets defense, I've talked about how good they are before, but I still think the Lions can get it done. They just beat a very good team in the Minnesota Vikings. They're riding high. They're looking to get to 500. This is a game they need to win if they're a relevant football team. Um, one thing that will concern you, Mackie and I were talking about it last week in the, in the group chat, is the discipline of the Detroit Lions. They, they cause a lot of flags. For some reason, and I think it's because of a young team, an experienced team. But uh, Jeff really Akuda, like bro, Jeff Akuda yeah, is so undisciplined. He was in what year two, year he, three? Yeah, I think he's year two. But he's dude. One drive, I think it was the first touchdown the, the Vikings scored. It was just solely on him. It was like three, yeah, three but there's in no, a row. There's no Justin Jefferson on the on the New York Jets that I have to worry about. That or that Adam Thielen or Dalvin Cook. That um, is true. I, I, I like the Lions this week. It's crazy to say, but they're on the road. Don't know if I'll be carding it, but if I have a lean, definitely the Lions here. Jamal Williams, the guy gets the end zone every week. Going to have a tougher day sledding against uh, this team, but Jared Goff got his new toys. He's got a Ross St. Brown, Jameson Williams. Um, Yeah, give me the Lions this week. Dan Campbell, the boys are the boys are rolling. Yeah, I think the Lions are definitely the uh, America's pick this week. Um, I could I see why obviously, but uh, I don't know. It's something about this Jets team. I don't know. The Lions are hot, winning four of their last five. Dan Campbell getting the boys rolling. Good stuff there. Next one up is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Houston Texans. Our biggest spread of the week. The Chiefs are in favor, minus fourteen. Their money line minus nine fifty, and the over under sitting at forty nine and a half. The trends I got here. Is that Houston is one and eleven straight up in its last twelve. Kansas City is fifteen and one straight up in their last sixteen games in December. Do we think Kansas City can do fourteen points? Probably the biggest spread we've seen this year. I'm trying to think if there's any been any more. I know, like we've had like thirteen. Uh, last week, Cowboys were seventeen. Was, oh, that's right, week. it was seventeen. Unreal. They did not cover it. Right. They barely even went out right. It's all right. It's all right. Good teams find ways to win tough games. Who wants to start us even off Even on here? their bad days. Even on their bad days. It was a tough days. game against a good Texans team. Who wants to start us off with this one? <laughs> I, can start, I can start us off. Um, yeah, I was uh, I was talking to my dad about this game earlier, actually. and uh, He was saying, uh, you're crazy if you take the Texans. But uh, after... After last week, this team could hang with uh, some good teams. I, I I really think that uh, they did a really good job of containing that Dallas offense. And obviously, points per game-wise, they're a top-two offense in the league. And um, Texans were able to shut them down for 90% of the game until they needed to get 
98 yard drive and then then they stop playing football but uh I just think this Texans team likes to stick around and they and they're good enough to stick around with a good team especially when teams like this just like take them take them as a joke obviously like like Dallas just did and you know you you obviously don't have your best game coming out against the Houston Texans um they could they could take advantage of you guys slipping up and just your mistakes especially uh after Dallas got off to a nice seven nothing start they probably thought the game was over and Texans just kind of put it down their throat for uh three straight quarters so I know uh, Ace has a, a lot different views on this game than me but uh, I, I think the Texans can somehow cover a 14 point spread in this game also we've seen we've seen the Chiefs bl- um, blow major spreads that they've had this year like like the uh, Broncos put a minus nine they're up 27 nothing ended up winning by six points um, they just Chiefs are known for not covering I don't, I don't know if that's Vegas winning uh, obviously they're a favorite on um, for to the public, but uh, I, yeah, I think the Texans cover a fourteen point spread this week. Ace, tell me why I'm wrong. No, I actually don't disagree with your point. I was just gonna tell you don't don't overrate a a weak team just because your Cowboys struggled with them. Um, other I, than okay, that, okay, I will admit, I will admit, type bias a little, but you know, just yeah, just feeding yeah. just feeding my point. You know, I was hiring them at the beginning of the year. The thing is, this team has really fallen apart in front of our eyes. I know that we all saw the writing on the walls, but Damian Pierce is out for three to five weeks now. Their only life on offense. They didn't have Brandon Cooks or their number two receiver, who's slipping my mind right now, is a Dorset maybe. But they had Chris Moore leading the way. I don't know who the running back is. Rex Burkhead. And they're splitting snaps between Davis Mills and Jeff Driscoll, who's a tight end now. I mean, Jeff Driscoll's playing some good football. Yeah, I mean, I'd call that a fluke if we've ever seen one, but I've been wrong before. I can't Um, say that with a straight face. I'm not taking 14 points. I really am not. Maybe I will because it's like it's like a college. This is like a college game. It's like Alabama playing a team from like I don't know a bad Big 12 school, right? But um, West Virginia. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So um yeah I, I I like the Chiefs with 14 but I'm not going to take that definitely not. I'm probably going to look more into a Chiefs team total over or Patrick Mahomes over two and a half touchdown passes. Um that's that's something more of my appetite. But like I said before without Damian Pierce, I don't understand how this team's going to do anything and they really can't stop anybody. Oh, lock in this actually. Isaiah Pacheco to get in on the ground. I've been riding rushing touchdown scorers anytime scores against the Texans all year cuz their defense is terrible. So Isaiah Pacheco leading ground back. We saw Jarek McKinnon steal the show through the air last week, but I think they're really ground and pound against a, a bad, a bad weak team. So, Huff, what what do you got to say on this? I like Isaiah Pacheco too. I think he's he's a little uh, he 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 gets fucking yards when he needs to. I I this obviously anytime there's a spread this big, it's so tough to call the game. Um, one thing I'm actually looking at in this game for the Chiefs from a I do like the Chiefs in this game, but um, I just kind of looking at it like I don't overthink it. I know it's a big number, but I like the Chiefs first half minus seven and a half. Um, I think this is kind of like a game last week uh, in the Denver Broncos game. They were up, uh, what was it, 28 nothing at one point. Obviously, they let Denver come back in that second half. Uh, a couple turnovers here and there against a pesky defense. Um, I think the Chiefs are able to get up to an early lead, uh, at least be up by maybe 10 or more at half. Uh, if the Texans decide to come back or maybe hang things close, maybe back to recover that 14, I think it comes in the second half. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a situation where the Chiefs just continue to pull away, it, but I could see the Chiefs cover this 14 points. So um, I necessarily wouldn't lean Texans. I'm more leaning on the Chiefs minus 14, but I really like this first half minus seven and a half. 
I like that. Huff. Yeah, Huff, I love that. I love that a lot. I didn't even think of that, but um, I think you're right with the not overthinking it here. I I might really be on the Chiefs minus fourteen. I think they pummel them. I don't see how. How is this Texans team going to score points? How are they going to score I, points last week against a superior Cowboys? Damian Damian Pierce played last week, no? Yeah, but he, he had did. to get hurt in the middle of it. No, at the end. Without him, and I, I don't know, that was a trap game. I told you it was the Battle of Texas. So, I mean, the Chiefs don't have that riding on their plate, so. No, I think that's yeah. just I, I really don't see them scoring many points. I don't points. think I won't I won't be taking the minus fourteen. Yeah, that's something I'm gonna also gonna say. I'm not taking this game just for the sake of conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I I wouldn't take it. I just kinda look I might take that first half, minus seven and a yeah, half. I've taken that a couple I've taken that a couple of times this year with the Chiefs. I took it against the Rams earlier on when the Rams were pretty heavily struggling. Um the Chiefs are when they're hot, they come out really quick, they score whether it's field goal or touchdown, they score points on most of their drives to start games when things are going and clicking with Mahomes and Kelsey and the boys. Um, I really like that. I like the Chiefs in this game. Like I said, I lean Chiefs minus 14, but I like that first half. My favorite plays are going to be Pacheco, touchdown. Mahomes maybe over two and a half. That's probably my third favorite. And the second favorite is um, Chiefs team total here this week. I do like Pacheco a lot to get in the end zone. This will be. I, I like watching the Chiefs roll, so this will be a fun one to watch for me. Very good stuff out of that game. A lot more action from you guys than I expected from that one. But let's jump into another 1 o'clock game here. The Philadelphia Eagles at the Chicago Bears. The Eagles the favorite this week at minus 9. Their money line sitting at minus 400 and the over-under sitting at 48.5. Chicago's 3-18 straight up in their last 21 games when playing as the underdog. Philadelphia is 16 and 1 straight up in their last 17 games as the plant when playing as the favorite and Philadelphia is 13 and 1 straight up in their last 14 games played on a Sunday. Very very hot this year as we know. Let's send it over to Ace. Ace get us going on this 1 o'clock game. Yeah, this is this is going to be a tough 1 o'clock game to watch. Um I know Justin Fields has really played some good football this year, but coming off that injury, I haven't been as high on the Bears lately. And they're running, running into the buzzsaw, which is the Philadelphia Eagles. I know they just clinched the, the playoff berth already, and they're looking to lock up that division with the uh, Cowboys right on their heels. But I, I think that they definitely get it done here. Nine points is a lot. Um, not as much as 14, obviously, but it, I, I like that a lot. This is, a, this is another game where I don't see the Bears being able to do much. The Eagles' defense matches up perfectly for what they like to do. Um, when Hurts rolls around, I mean... When Fields rolls around and finds those receivers, there's elite DBs back there to grab the ball. And when he tries to run, there's actually some good players on that defensive line. And we know what they can do on offense, especially against a weak Bears defense. I think the Philadelphia Eagles roll this week. Um, Miles Sanders has been playing some of the best football of his career in a, in a contract year. So um, same story as, as the uh, Chiefs here. I'm going to ride by that same alibi with the team total. Um Look at the spread, probably not take it, and then their lead rush to get in. Uh, I don't think anybody's going to be on the Bears, but I'm eager to hear what you guys have to say. I actually kind of am leaning Bears. I think uh, Justin Fields is able to keep things close. I've been fading this Eagles team pretty frequently with the spreads, and I don't know they're against a spread record, but I haven't taken it every week. But some of these games where they get these really big spreads, 
I uh, took the Giants last week plus the seven points. That obviously got burnt. They uh, didn't even win by – I think the Eagles won by 20 or more. But um, I don't know. I, I, I like the Bears plus nine. Soldier Field, tough place to play. I mean, it's not necessarily one of the ones you think about. But this is a game where I think the Eagles aren't necessarily overlooking the Bears, but a lot of people are overlooking this Bears team. You're going to see a lot of money on the Eagles this week. I think uh, this Eagles team clinching the playoffs first team um, for good reason. But I don't know. I think uh, that nine points is just a little too much. I like the Bears. Yeah, um, I can't find myself to bet against this Eagles team anymore. After week after week, they cover spreads and just murder teams. Just mo- like, dude, every time the Giants got points last week, Dalen Hurts just went downfield right away and. Like it was, it was too easy. This offensive scheme that they're running is just tearing these defenses apart, and the Bears are not going to be any better. I can promise you that. So it's, a, I mean, it's such I, a it's such a stacked team with such a weak schedule, you know. They, they yeah, it's also the weak schedule. But I don't know this team. This team is very good, and um, I'm although I'm not going to take the nine points because it's a little too much, especially in Soldier in Soldier Field. But I, I just, I would not, I, I definitely lean the minus nine. I, I just cannot bet against this Eagles team until they prove me wrong. Um, they're, they're elite. They, they're the real deal. It's going to be interesting to see what the weather report there is at Soldier Field. Though. That could have a big impact on the game. We've seen them beat the uh, San Francisco 49ers earlier in the season with uh, some weather on their side. So that would be the only reason I'd stay away from it. But I do think the Eagles get the job done. Phillies 8-5 and five against the spread. So, Who? winning, but Philly. Yeah, but I feel like that's been uh, they've been winning more recently against the spread. Than yeah, last week, season. last week they covered. Uh, I'm trying to think of who they played the week before. Tennessee, I'm gonna, they covered. I'm gonna I look like the Eagles it, right? last week. They I covered like against Dallas too. Yeah, they they beat the Giants by 20. They beat the Titans by 25. Uh, that that Packers game, they won by seven. That was prime time. And then before that, it was just that was when they had the Colts and the Commanders. They rough two games, but. These last two, three weeks, they've been definitely the best team in the league, in my opinion. Yeah. Good stuff out of that 1 o'clock matchup. Our next one up is the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are the favorite in this matchup at 2.5 points. Their money line sitting at minus 152 in the over-under sitting at 37.5. The trends I got here are that Carolina is 3-15 straight up in their last 18 games played in December, as well as 14-15 and 15 straight up in their last 19 games played on a Sunday. Pittsburgh is 15-3 against the spread in their last 18 games against an opponent in the NFC South. What do we think is going to happen here, Huff? We're going to send it over to you. The hometown team in Carolina this week on Sunday. What do you think? Yeah, obviously we don't really know uh, what the quarterback situation is going to be for the Steelers. Uh, Kenny Pickett going down last week with a concussion and uh, Trubisky having to come in, throwing the three interceptions, having a terrible game. Obviously Steelers ended up losing that game by two to a tough uh, division rival in the Baltimore Ravens. Kind of killing our playoff hopes this year. Not saying we really had too many expectations for the playoffs this year, but um, new week. This team's headed to Carolina against another team that's weirdly and very unexpectedly has their eyes set on the playoffs uh, in a weird situation. If a lot of things fall their way, they're not necessarily out of it. 
uh, with that division and the way things could fall. Um, but Carolina is a tough team. I'm obviously going to say I like the Steelers, but uh, if Trubisky, I, I would advise everyone to stay away from this game. I don't like, especially if you think the Steelers, because you don't know what's coming out for under center for the quarter or for the quarterback position uh, for the Steelers. So I really don't like this game. Um, I'll obviously be watching it, but uh, I don't know what I'll be taking on this one. Yeah, Huff, it's 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 a tough spot, and um, without Kenny Pickett, who I've actually been pretty high on last few pods, we've talked about the Steelers, um, and they just lost to a tough team, especially without Lamar Jackson. I mean, that's a brutal home loss, really crushing blow to your playoff hopes. Even though they technically are still alive, like the like the Browns, like we mentioned, but uh, the Panthers have a lot more to play for, and they're in in their home stadium. I think with the question marks leading around the Steelers, it leads me to lean Carolina. They're playing great under that interim head coach. And, uh, yeah, they're looking to make some noise and make themselves relevant and respected around the league. I'm not going to bet this game, but the under over under 37.5, so low. I don't think there's many points on either side, but uh, I could be wrong. I'm staying away from this one for sure, but I think that the Panthers, a lot more on the line for them in their home stadium. I'm going to give them the edge with all the injury woes for the uh, Steelers. I see Fryermuth um, and Najee Harris also dealing with a questionable tag, so not at 100%. Yeah, um, I'm on the same. I'm, I'm on the same side as you here, Ace. Uh, after last week, this Pittsburgh team just can't be bet on right now. Definitely, um, especially with Trubisky coming in, making so many mistakes. You're just not not a quarterback you could trust in any situation. Um, with that being said, the Panthers are a team that's kind of rolling right now. They're on a two game winning streak. They're, um, they're looking. What are they? A game out of a uh, game out of playoffs right now as well. Game out of that division as well. So, um, you know, Sam Darnold's coming in. He's getting wins. He's putting points up on the board. The defense is obviously still playing well. whole team has a lot of confidence right now, and they're on their home field this week. Um, Pittsburgh, honestly, I don't even know if they want to win games right now because they're not really looking at getting to the playoffs. And obviously, um, the word, the, there's no like, lottery in the NFL. Yeah, there's, so a, there's, supposedly a ch- there's supposedly a chance we see Mason Rudolph in this game. Yeah, see, like, Steelers season is done. I just don't think there's much going for them. Sam Darnold's going to have a tough time um, throwing the ball, definitely. we got T.J. Watt pressuring, and uh, that defense is no joke, obviously. But, um, you know, you match up the Carolina Panthers defense against that Steelers offense, and, uh, you know, I'm giving the Panthers the edge all around in this game. I think they, they can cover three points, especially with the, mo- mo- the momentum they have going right now. I like, I'm like. i a big Donta Foreman fan. I think he has, he has a pretty solid game and finds the end zone this week. And I think he uh, he has a lot to prove, you know, coming in at right at, right behind Christian McCaffrey, and you uh, put up the numbers that he did the first few weeks that he was gone. So, you know, he definitely had a chip on his shoulder about that. I wanted to prove how good he actually is. A career backup really finding a home with the Panthers. Um, I think a lot of people are finding their home with the Panthers, and Sam Darnold's proven to be the uh, most comp, uh, competent quarterback they've had to date. So that'll be a good game to watch. Low-scoring, slugfest, old-school traditional football. A lot of ground and pound and defense is eating. Maybe a pick from both sides. Tough to bet on the Steelers' uh, signal caller to throw one because you don't know who's going to be behind there and if he sees the whole game. But I could definitely see Sam Darnold seeing a little bit of ghosts with that Steelers' defense, but eking out a win at his home stadium to stay in the playoff race in that abysmal NFC South. Yeah, I like a lot of guys on that Panthers team. J.C. Horn, Brian Burns. So this is a scary Panthers team that could make a little bit of noise towards the end of the season. Huff, you, who did you take here? Sorry, I didn't, I didn't hear. 
I just, I'm, I'm obviously not going to take the Panthers. Uh, I, no, but, but, like, who do you lean? Do you lean Panthers? I, I would say, I, I'm not betting the Steelers, so I would say the Panthers, I think, win this game. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm not expecting you to, like, take them, but. <laughs> a lot, a lot better games this week on the docket. For sh- <clears throat> For sure. Not sure what to think about that Steelers-Panthers game. Tough spread there, two and a half. But let's move forward to our final 1 o'clock game, the Dallas Cowboys at the Jacksonville Jaguars. The Cowboys are the favorite here at 4.5 points. Their money line sitting at minus 220, and the over-under sitting at 47.5. The trends I got here are that Jacksonville is 0-20 straight up. Oh, sorry, wrong one. Jacksonville is 1-21 straight up in their last 22 games against an opponent in the NFC. Dallas is 10-1 straight up in their last 11 games played in December. Mackie, on this one, what do you think about this? Four and a half points in your Cowboys' favor. I think they might be able to get it done. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough game. Um, That's a crazy stat. They're 1-21 in their last 22 games against NFC opponents. Yep. I mean, I know they've had a pretty rough stretch these past few years, but um, still pretty crazy that's to think rough. about. Um. Yeah, but that, with that being said, I think uh, this is definitely a different team, especially these past few weeks, than what we've seen these past few years. Um, Trevor Lawrence is definitely finding his stride with this team. Um, he's where he needs to be. He's number one <coughs> overall pick, and he's definitely uh, he's starting to show show signs of uh, being a franchise quarterback. And his team's winning games because of it. Uh, they had a nice blowout win against a divisional opponent last week, a divisional leading opponent in the Titans. Um, this team just looks good, and I think that they're um, they have a lot of confidence right now. I know they're not really looking at a playoff spot, like we said, we had to win out, right? And uh, still would still would need a little help, but I don't know. They're not really playing for playoffs. They're playing for their future right now, and they're playing for uh, what they what they can build as as, uh, as in like terms of chemistry and stuff like that. So a four point spread is not easy for Dallas in this game. I know it's a bounce back game for them after uh, basically almost losing to a one eleven team, but. They're not gonna. Ha- they're gonna. They're definitely gonna have their hands full this week, and uh, Dak's really gonna have to figure it out and get this offense rolling back to a, uh, back to where they were a few weeks ago if they want to be able to cover a spread here and even get a win. But I do. Th- I do think that they can cover a four point spread. It's gonna be a closer game than a lot of people well than I would expect, but um, I think they can cover a four point spread. I was. I didn't notice Ace was away. Um. <sighs> I'm kind of on the opposite side. I know this Jaguars team, I've been kind of on and off of them all year. Uh, This defense is a very good defense. Not very good. They're a pretty good defense that's able to stay in games like this. Obviously, against a high-flying Cowboys team, obviously last week against that Texans. um, They struggled against a Texans team that obviously is 1-11-1 and and or whatever, 1-12. and Um I don't know. I, I like the Jaguars getting points at home here. I'm going to take the four, four and a half, whatever it is. But um, I don't know. I like what Trevor Lawrence is doing. Christian Kirk starting to use that offense. ETN is starting to take another stride in his uh, ability in the NFL and showing chemistry with uh, Trevor Lawrence carrying over from Clemson. Obviously, that's the reason that they went with them, too. Um, I like this Jaguars team, and that's nothing against this Cowboys team. I've picked them to go pretty far in the playoffs. Um, obviously, it's I always say it's going to end up going – how far I think the Cowboys will go will come down to who I think they or who I see they play in the first round. But I don't know. I like the Jags plus four here. I don't know. I don't know why. Uh, I just think this Jaguars team is able to stay in this game. 
Yeah, I agree with you. We've actually been pretty high on the Jaguars this year. I think our our teams uh, put them on the card a decent amount. I hit on them money line last week. They really slaughtered the Tennessee Titans. But um, I know it's a divisional win against a division leader, but that's a very different team than this Dallas Cowboys team. And the Cowboys really had a letdown game this week and squeaked one by. Actually, a good thing to have during the season. You can win the tough ones even if it's against a bad team. But I love the Cowboys getting only four, or giving only four points here. I know Evan Ingram ate last week going to like 11 receptions for 115, two touchdowns. You're not going to see that against I picked him up off a waiver wire in fantasy and absolutely stole my game. I, it was I thought, so it, I thought about it too. He's got the talent. I mean, he was drafted to do that. And Lawrence is a great guy to do it for him, but we know that Titans pass defense is terrible. Um, I, I like Dallas a lot here, minus four. I think they get back on track. We we're kind of touching on the Jacksonville playoff chances earlier. And with a matchup like this, it kind of might close the book on them. I think Dak and the boys get going against a weak Jaguars defense. See a lot of points put up on the board by Dallas. Getting T.Y. Hilton into the mix, you'll see him getting uh, getting some reps this week. They'll be interesting. Um, yeah, I'm riding with Mackey's, uh, Dallas Cowboys here, minus four for sure. That T.Y. Hilton signing is pretty interesting. Yeah. Was he still move? I didn't see that. Yeah. He'll, he'll be yeah. on the outside opposite CD lamb. You'll get, uh, get what gallop in the slot. Hasn't he had like five surgeries in the past year? Apparently Two he moves years. better than Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> Probably cost a lot less too, though. Four and a half points for that game. The Cowboys in Jacksonville to wrap up our one o'clock slate. Let's jump into the four o'clock games. The first one up is the Arizona Cardinals at the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are the favorite in this matchup at two and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus 142 in the total, sitting at 36 and a half. No Kyler Murray for the Cardinals. The trends I got here is that the total has gone under in 11 of Denver's last 13 games this season. Arizona is 1-9-1 straight up in their last 11 games against Denver, as well as 11-3 straight up in their last 14 games played on a Sunday on the road. We'll send it over to Ace to start our 4 o'clock slate off. Ace, what do you think about this one? Um, if I have to tell my listeners one thing, it would definitely be stay away from this game. We don't know <laughs> who's going to show up with Brett Ripien behind under center for the Broncos. If who's a Colt McCoy for the Arizona Cardinals, you really can't project too much out of this. If anything, you could really roll with an under maybe. But at the same at the same token, they might be surprising you with uh, some less game planning. Mackie alluded to that with some of the quarterbacks earlier, like Tyler Huntley. Um, not much of a buck on Ripien and. Two good defenses, too. I mean, I know the Cardinals is an elite defense, but the Broncos more so. They're going to give Colt McCoy fits like he had against the New England Patriots. I like the under in this, if anything, but I'm going to stay away from this game. Uh, I don't know if you guys actually have a play on this one. Yeah, I, I actually couldn't. couldn't. Agree. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> I think we're all on the same page. Yeah, I just don't like anything in this game. Just so many uncertainties. There's no reason to give out a play. This is such a, just like, obviously, like you said, Brett Ripien or however you say his name and Colt McCoy. Uh, if anything, I would maybe, if you really want to play on this game and you for some reason really want to watch this game, I would lean to, uh, you kind of maybe said an under. I like a Cardinals team total under. This Denver defense has shown the ability uh, to put, te- yeah, to keep teams um, to low scoring numbers. And the offense has obviously been in games 
all season long. They've just haven't had the ability to win or put up the points to win these games. Uh, so I definitely would lean on maybe a Cardinals team total under. Uh, maybe my first half under makes an appearance for this one. It probably will be like fucking 16 or some weird number. So um, I'm actually curious to see what I can find on this. Because you said, what, the full game is sitting at 36? 36 and a half is what I have. It's probably going to be 17 and a half. It'll be some weird shit because they know these teams suck. Hold on, probably 16 and a half, to be honest. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I have 36 where I'm looking at. Oh, I don't have the half posted yet. Yeah, I just don't like much in this game. I don't even have an input on it. I don't even really like the under because I feel like turnovers or just two teams that are out of the playoffs, I can just maybe heave it downfield, try to get a spark or something. I don't even know, but I, I just don't like betting on two teams that have no real reason to play. Yeah, absolutely. Not a good matchup there. Start our 4 o'clock slate off. Let's jump into the next one. Aces New England Patriots at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are the favorite here at minus 1. Their money line at minus 110. And the over-under sitting at 44.5. The trends I got here. The total has gone over in 13 out of Las Vegas' last 15 games against an opponent in the AFC East. New England is... 9-3 and three straight up in their last 12 games against Las Vegas. So playing well against the Raiders. Ace, starting it off with you here, your Patriots. What do you think? Patriots are uh, really in that part of the season where it's do or die, you know. Getting a big win last week on Monday Night Football. And now um, the head coach gets to face his former assistant with Belichick versus McDaniels. I know I've been high on the Raiders and the talent they have on that side of the ball, but Derek Carr has struggled tremendously. Now he gets to go up against the only team in the league with two pass rushers over in double-digit sacks with Josh Uche grabbing three the other night, really coming into his own alongside Matthew Judon. I know they have Dietrich Wise and now Christian Barmore coming off the IR to help bolster that pass rush. And then the the stunning rookies in Jack Jones and Marcus Jones um, really making a name for themselves alongside Jonathan Jones. So that Patriots defense is ready to roll, ready to eat. Um, Ramondre Stevenson will be something to monitor. Same with Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker, uh, some bigger names on the Patriots offense that need to get going for us to get points on the board. But Mac Jones really, uh, if you guys watched that game the other day, was giving his piece of his mind to Matt Patricia. So um, maybe they'll start throwing the ball, airing it out a little bit more. I liked how they used Hunter Henry on Monday night. He looked good. But I like the Patriots to, to grab this one. I'm going to take that money line for sure. Um, and a, basically a pick em. I bet you that line goes more towards a pick em. But, uh, yeah, with Belichick against his former coach, I think that defense will control the whole game like they've done all season. Patriots will stay in the hunt, go to 8-6, and six, and uh, really contend for a wild-card spot. Um, yeah, he's two, I feel like this is uh, your two favorite teams in the league right now. So um, going head-to-head, obviously you're in Las Vegas. Could be a tough game for your uh, Pats. But um, I don't know. I think this is uh, – got the Raiders rolling right now. Pats look pretty good too, though. I think this Pats defense could be a tough – Tough matchup for Derek Carr and the boys. Obviously, Devontae Adams is going to get his catches, and uh, they're gonna, he's going to make his connections. But I think uh, Matt Judon is going to ha- going to be a tough time for uh, Derek Carr on Sunday. I think uh, this defense definitely carries him this game, and I think it's a little more of a low-scoring game. I don't know. Mac Jones has looked pretty good. He's looked more Tom Brady-like with the checkdowns and just moving the ball downfield and finding ways to put points up on the board. Um I mean, this team looked, although it was against Colt McCoy and not Kyler Murray, this team did look good the other night against uh, 
the Cardinals. And, you know, if they want to make the playoffs, these are games that, that, that they have to win. So um, I think that they can figure out a way to get this get this win, even on the road. I think it's a very close game, and uh, they'll have to make some big plays. But I think overall this defense will find a way to carry them to victory in this game and keep them afloat in the playoff, play, in the playoff push. I just want to see. I just want to see Mac Jones air the ball out more. He does better when he gets the ball downfield rather than he those wants to. Yeah, he wants yeah, to. That's what it's I was your saying. Fucking he's, offensive coordinator is Oh, brutal. Matt Patricia. Oh, probably one of the most hated guys doing along with Kyrie Irving why did, and and Shane Bloom or Heim Bloom, however the hell he said. Why did they? Uh, why did they take him back? Because Bill Belichick. I think he's realized that it's wrong, but if he fires him now, then Bill's wrong, and Bill's never yeah, wrong, right? that's true, that's but true, But that's yeah. his boy. He loves bringing people back. He just put them in the wrong role. Um, they're figuring out as the year goes on, but like I said, Josh Uche and Matt Judon are going to control that game, really really depending on that defense. Nick Folk probably going to be the leading scorer. Maybe this is a game <laughs> where we go with that over one and a half uh, field goals, but Hoff, I'm eager to hear what you have to say about these Patriots and Raiders. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like I said, that the Patriots, as soon as that Kyler Murray injury happened, I was looking for a chance to get at them. I thought they had a really good chance to win that game. Obviously, ended up doing so, covering a pretty by a heavy margin. I don't know what the exact final score was, but Patriots looked 14, 28, 13. Yeah, so they came out. They looked really good on Monday Night Football, did their job, and they're obviously still in a playoff hunt. Another team in the AFC still in a playoff hunt is this, these Vegas Raiders. Um, Tough game last week for the Raiders on uh, what was their Thursday night um, against the Rams with the Baker Mayfield comeback, and uh, the Rams ended up winning that game. I'm I, I don't really know what I like on this game. This is a very tight game. Really, two. This is going to be one of those ones I really want to watch. I don't know which way I'm leaning. I probably am going to lean uh, for the Raiders, maybe in a bounce back spot. But obviously, I didn't really notice the the narrative that you said about Belichick against McDaniel's and against his old coach. So. That's something that I don't know if I'm necessarily going to be betting on that uh, from a Raiders standpoint, but um, I don't know. I like the Raiders in this spot at home. Tough flight or long flight from uh, New England to Vegas, and I think the the Raiders maybe control this game for a little bit, but I think it's going to be a very good one. Very curious to see what goes on in that game over in Vegas. Another 4 o'clock game we got here is the Tennessee Titans at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers, the favorite here at minus 3. Their money line sitting at minus 152 in the over-under, sitting at 47.5. The trends I got here that the Chargers are 11-2 straight up in their last 13 games against Tennessee, as well as 9-2 straight up in their last 11 games when playing at home against Tennessee. Game out in L.A. here at 4.30. Huff, you want to send us? see what, uh, Huff, you want to take over this one for us? Uh, yeah, I can get us going on this one. Obviously, two pretty good offenses in the, in the AFC. We have the Titans and the Chiefs. Titans have kind of struggled over the past couple of weeks, running into a pretty high-flying Eagles team two weeks ago. Uh, and this Chargers team has been kind of on the up and coming over the past couple of weeks after having that midseason little slump. Um, but I like the Chargers here, minus the points. I like the Chargers uh, to bounce back here at home. Um, who'd they play last week? I'm kind of blanking. Chargers won last, last week. week. Chargers had a good week last week. That's uh, or, Chargers um, beat the Dolphins, no? Yeah, they did. That, that was it. Dolphins, Dolphins, Dolphins. Um, yeah, I like, I don't know, I like this Chargers team. I really like what they're doing late, and they're starting to get healthier and healthier each week. Um, I'm going to take the Chargers with the points here on their home field. 
Mackie, are the Chargers yeah, a good let team me, yet? Let me get into Are the, the Chargers a good team yet? Here's the thing. Um, <laughs> they're they're not a bad team anymore. You want to know why? Because you they watched. never were. They never yeah, I, I, were. I promise you, they were at one point. Did I'll, you hear my no, point? Go back and go back healthy. and watch a few of those games and tell me the Chargers are not a bad team. And you're crazy. Just a banged but, up team. But exactly, but bad. That's definitely up. not oh. bad. Definitely not bad. Well, definitely get, not getting bad. my point. Look at um, where they are in one of the toughest divisions in football. Supposed to be the Broncos suck. The Raiders are mid because the, the Chargers are good and they. It's just them. been what it's, used, what it's been the past five years. The Chiefs are are powerhouse. I but, I think the Patriots eke out that spot from the Chargers, but the Chargers are a good team, Mac. You got to live up to it. There, dude, it was good. I, Maybe you smoke some of the air. I think okay, g- getting I like into the Chargers' it, into chances it. to get in more than the Patriots. A hundred percent, because one, one, why? Because Justin Herbert is healthy, and if you watch Huff that game, just doesn't last want week, us to get the seventh ring before him. I mean, well, even nobody wants the Patriots to win football year. games. I think everybody in the country agrees on that. But I, I, Herbert looks like he did before the season, before his injury, and he's moving like he did. He's making throws on the run like he did. He's He's making plays that a top five quarterback in the league would make, and that's who he was before before his injury, and that's who the, that's who this team was before. Uh, obviously, they hit the fan with the, with the injuries, but they're you know they're getting back to it. They're obviously still not um, what they could be. I think this team before before the season, I had this team going thirteen and four. I think that that was a possible outcome if they did stay completely healthy the entire season, but. Um, yeah, they look good. They're 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 um they're rolling. They just beat a really good Dolphins team, um in, in prime time. And Titans are sliding big time right now. Derrick Henry's not doing enough. He had 120 some yards in the first half last week, and he had, I think, under 10. If I heard that, if, if I saw it correctly, he had under 10 yards in that second half, and they ended up getting blown out to the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. So this Titans team just not doing enough. That that defense is. Pretty poverty. I think uh, Her- Herbert will be able to tear them inside out. Keenan Allen's back. Mike Williams is back. Keenan Allen's playing like a stud this year. Uh, since Mike Williams back. playing like a stud these past. I like Josh are. Palmer exactly. too. Exactly, and he and he'll go unnoticed. So you know you got you got Gerald triple threat Everett. there. You got you got a lot Austin of threats Eckler. there at, at the uh, on that Chargers team. So you know they're getting healthy again. That team's getting really good again. So I really like them minus three. And uh, I think the Chargers are a good football team again. I think I think that I like the minus three too. Like you said, so many weapons, getting healthy. The thing is, this Titans team proven over the years under Mike Vrabel, they can be so pesky and win games you don't expect, right? Like they're a proven playoff team. They win their division year in and year out. I know it's weak, but they rely on the back of Derrick Henry. And if they're going to have any chance this week, it's going to be through him. I think Burks and Woods might be able to go this week. is huge. But I, I still love the Chargers here, but just, just scary with Derrick Henry. The guy can win a football game on his own. And Mike Vrabel gets the defense going. So, on their home turf, though, give, give me the Chargers. Um, I think it'll be a closely contested battle. Probably the best four o'clock game in the slate, in my opinion. Um, definitely one of the best games of the week too. With these two teams, both at seven and six, a loss is crucial to both of these teams' playoff hopes. Um, I know the Titans still have the division unlocked, essentially, but yeah, this will be a fun one to watch. Give me the Chargers minus three. I think Austin Eckler and Derrick Henry both have their ways with the, each other's defense, and uh, maybe maybe an over here too. Honestly, um, yeah, Chargers in the over is my pick. Yeah, I like them both. I like both those plays, Ace. Solid plays there, boys, across the board. Let's move into our final 4 o'clock matchup, the Cincinnati Bengals at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
The Bengals are our favorite this week at three and a half points. Their money line sitting at minus 198 and the over under sitting at 43 and a half. The trends I got going for this one that the Bucks are 2-10 straight up in their last 12 games versus AFC North teams. The Bengals are 10-1 against the spread in their last 11 games this season, 18-3 against the spread in their past 21. Bucks are 1-6-1 against the spread in their last 8 at home. Trends not looking good for the Bucks. Let's send it down to you, Huff. You think the Bengals can take care of 3.5 points, Joey B? Um... Obviously, there's this is a tough spot for the Bengals. Uh, I think a lot of people are starting to write off this Bucks team, um, and their division. We've talked about it; it's wide open. Tom Brady knows that this is a must-win game for this Bucks team, and I really like them in this game. I think they can come home, get a win against this Bengals team. I'm going to take the three and a half points, but I think this is a big chance for Brady to have a bounce back and statement game. Um, I like the Bucks; I really do. This is such a tough game for me because I love betting on the Bucks and they burnt me so long. And I said that they're still going to win their division. They probably will. But I don't think they win this week. This this Bengals team is a wagon, I think, in my opinion. I think that NFC South will tighten up at 6-8 and eight with a bunch of teams uh, getting to that mark this week. Three points, three and a half points is not a lot at all. I mean, Joe Barr has been on fire lately. He's got Jamar Chase. The Bengals are going to win that division. I mean, they're showing they're for, for real. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He has a great cast around him. You can't beat him. Joe Mixon's getting healthy, and Samaj P. Ryan really stepping up. Um, and then the the trio of wide receivers. Great head coach, too. I, I like them to go into Tampa and steal one. Not going to be an easy one, though. Won't card this, sadly. Going to be another great game to watch, rivaling that Titans-Chargers game for best one of the day. Oh, I think that I'm leaning Bengals, but my mind could change. This is such an interesting matchup. Should be a fun one to watch, though. I think uh, I think there's going to be points on the board from both teams, but that Bucks team is so sketchy to bet on so far. Uh, Mackie, what are you thinking in this one? Yeah, this I mean this Bengals team is just rolling. They're five and zero in their last five. Uh, obviously, top I'd say top three team in the in the AFC. Um, Bucks just you you can't put money on this team right now. They're just getting blown out last week by a, a kid who played his second NFL game of all time. Um, Obviously, yeah, take nothing away from uh, Brock Purdy. Obviously, he had a sick game, but this team just looks awful. 35 points in the first half. I, I don't care if you're playing God himself. 35 points in the first half for a good a good Tampa Bay defense, too. It's just awful. Um, They just have no confidence right now. The entire team, Tom Brady, uh, they, they, they're down in the dumps right now, and I think... Uh, they feel the pressure of this AFC South, these teams uh, sneaking up on them, even though obviously they control their own destiny. I just think that this is uh, this team is not built for uh, winning, in my opinion. They're not they're not a, they're not a winning team, and they've they've shown it this year. Even with the goat, they can't find ways to uh, even be above five hundred. And you're losing these close games and losing uh, just losing all all you're just losing games. And um, I really think the Bengals just going to take advantage. Joe Burrow's going to pull apart that defense and uh they'll be able to get a win. I think they'll be able to get a win pretty easy this game. Good stuff there boys to wrap up the four o'clock slate. Next up we have the Sunday primetime game featuring the New York Giants at the Washington Commanders. The Commanders the favorite here at minus four and a half points. The money line sitting at minus two twenty and the over-under sitting at 40 and a half. 
The trends I got here are that the Commanders are 9-1-1 straight up in their last 11 games as the favorite. The Giants are 2-9 against the spread and 1-9-1 straight up in their last 11 games played in December, as well as the Giants are 4-1 against the spread in their last 5 games on the road. Let's see if the Giants can uh, bring their current hot streak of 4-1 against the spread into December. What do we think here? Mackie, you want to get us going on this one? Your New York Giants. I haven't said that in a while. Yeah, Monday or Sunday night football. What a game. Both these these teams obviously uh tying last time they saw each other. Um Commanders have been kind of rolling ever since Heineke came in. They're what five one and one or something like that. Uh Giants are kinda on the other side, falling off, started seven seven and two, I think. Something like that. Six and two and they're seven, five and one now. So these teams are obviously trending in opposite directions. Uh that being said, I do I do really like the Giants here, especially with the four and a half points. I think uh this is basically a playoff game for both these teams in, in my opinion they're they're basically uh need they, they need to win both teams need to win this game um you lose this game and you fall out of a playoff spot and then you're on the outside looking in and that's never a situation that either team wants to be in um i think the giants have more talent all around to win this game and i think uh daniel jones and saquon barkley they're going to stick to their system and they're going to be able to ground and pound and uh just find a way to win this game i think the the commanders are a little overrated and i think the giants uh are are definitely a better team in in uh in the nfc i think they're they should be a playoff team so um i think the better team will win this game and i think the giants come out on top and win on the road on sunday night football yeah i'm right there with you i like the giants in this spot i'm gonna take the points what is uh the four and a half i like that a lot in this spot i think last time these teams met that was when i took the the plus two and the tie obviously a plus two spread is obviously basically you're taking them to win but in that situation, I ended up working out for me. I'm going to take the points here with the Giants. Uh, I think they end up winning this game. Obviously, a pretty big game for their playoff uh, determination where they're going to end up in or out as they're one of those bubble teams starting to find their way uh, with that tie that's going to end up helping them or the commanders. So this game is going to be huge for the tiebreaker here for them. Uh, I like the Giants here, but I'm going to take the points. Yeah, maybe we could see a team play on this because uh, maybe not though, because Huff wants the points. Maybe I'll do it with you after they burnt me with that uh, tie a few few weeks ago. But I really like the Giants here too. I I think the Commanders are a fraudulent team. I know they have a bit of skill, but uh, Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones are playing for their G men lives. You know, if they truly want to be there. They're going to show up this week in a divisional game and really give it to a team they saw a few weeks ago. Um, I I personally like the money line here, and I like Saquon to get in in the prime time, but. But I would be content with taking the points if we want to end up flexing this to a team play. Kind of salty that this got flexed the Sunday night game over uh, Patriots Raiders, but it'll do with a uh, NFC. I'm sick of the Patriots in prime time. Then that, uh, that's no disrespect to your Patriots. They're in the prime time. It feels like every week the past six weeks. Yeah, they're usually a good prime time. Other team than that, Mac Jets. Jones and that other than that, Jets. Ugly. Patriots game. I can't think of the last time they weren't prime time. Yeah, but this will be a good NFC East Divisional matchup. So uh, definitely excited to watch it. Maybe we'll get a team play out of it. Who knows? But I think we're all in the Giants here. Jesse, what do you think about this one? I think the Giants might be the smart move here, given the points. Primetime game. It's a tough one, though. Four and a half is always a tricky spread, especially these two teams, you know, tying, as we said, when they played earlier this season. But four and a half. It's a tough one. 
With that, let's jump into our final game on the slate, the Monday primetime game. In this matchup, we have the Los Angeles Rams at the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are the favorite here at 6.5 points. Their money line sitting at minus 295, and the over-under sitting at 39.5. The trends I have here are the Packers are 13-0 straight up in their last 13 games played in December. 2-10, sorry, the Rams are 2-10 straight up in their last 12 games at Green Bay, as well as 13-3-1 against the spread in their last 17 in December. Going to be an interesting game. Packers have actually won five straight Monday night football games, so doing very well in their last five. Six and a half points is pretty hefty for a primetime game, I'd say. But let's send it to Ace take over our Monday primetime game. Yeah, um, obviously a lot of people are going to be all over the Packers just because of the uh, uncertainty of the Los Angeles Rams and whatnot, but I have a question for you guys. Do you think Baker Mayfield hype lives a little bit longer? He usually gets it rolling when he does. When he plays confident football, he looks good, especially with McVay at the helm. Any value in a in a money line play there for the Rams, you think, or no? Um, I'm... I'll get into my point after. Just finish yours up and then. All right, interesting. I just want to see what you thought. But one, one <laughs> no, guy, I don't. One guy, I, I don't, I don't I, like it now. Yeah, I I wouldn't throw my money on it myself. But one guy I do like to have a big game, and he sees his role in the offense increase week in and week out. An offense really in dire need, especially talking about next year alongside Cooper Cup. I like Tutu Atwell. He's he's a very good player. So I might be going props this week. Um, Christian Watson, another rookie. Um, those rookies have really been jumping on the scene. So. I'm going to be props here. You'll see my play Monday night. Can't give you an official one now, but with two uh, teams that are underperforming heavily, can't pick a side here, and seven's too many points. I know it's in Lambeau, but Baker's been hot, so it'll be a prop game for me on Monday night football. <clears throat> um, I'm actually kind of leaning on the Packers here. I kind of like them in this spot at home in Lambeau, Monday night football, and uh, back to what Jesse said. I think he said the stat about Rodgers with the Packers on Monday night. I do feel like every time we see Rodgers on Monday night, he's always doing some kind of touchdown celebration or something and kind of beating a team by 13 or more. Uh, So not saying that's going to happen in this one. I think it'll be a little bit closer. Obviously, Baker's starting to get things rolling with McVay. Obviously, that performance after a two-day stay in L.A. just got there. But um, another week with this head coach, we'll have to see what he's capable of doing in this spot. But I like the Packers in the prime time minus the points. but as far as a, t- a total on the game, I don't know if I like it to go over or under, but anytime the game's this late of the year in, in uh, Lambeau, it could be a weather game. So, I don't know. I, I, I like the Packers, Mackie. I'm interested to hear what you have to say. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. This is a pretty shitty primetime game. I know um, Packers are, aren't, aren't really out of it, but they're not really – I guess they're not really playing for much. They already have eight losses, so uh, it would be tough to bounce back from that. On the other hand, um, Baker Mayfield looked pretty good with the Rams, so I don't really know. Seven-point spread on primetime football is a little too much, in my opinion, for neither team really being good in my or good at all. Um, Packers definitely aren't considered a good team this year, and obviously the Rams, being what they are this year, not a good team. Um, I'm gonna t- I, I definitely lean uh, Rams plus seven here. I think uh, it's definitely a lower-scoring game, and um, seven-point spread might be a little too much here. I just yeah, lost I my over-under th- by a half a fucking point. That's a tough scene. I think this game we're going to uh, 
we're really going to make our picks on Monday Night Football, if we even have some, depending on the week. Such a strange game. Um, but I'll, I'll definitely be getting some props out for it. So be, Yeah, be I don't sure know. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough game. That's one of the ones when the schedule makers are making the, the game early on in the year. They're like, ooh, Monday Night, Lambo, Rams, Packers. This will be a legit game. Obviously, week 15. Supposed to be a good one, and then yeah, injuries and poor play have all made injuries. it a tough one. Yeah, so that's obviously why we kind of just we do this format where we kind of get on here and talk about the games and then follow us on the social media so you can get our actual plays. Some of us, uh, by the end of the week, obviously you hear a couple things, whether it be injuries, guys in and out, not practicing, any of these line movements, some of us end up jumping side. So that's something you definitely want to stay tuned to the social medias for. I know there's been a couple of us that have jumped sides and uh, for good reason. If you see value, that doesn't mean you have to stick to something you said. Obviously, we record on a Wednesday, so – some of these games, we're talking about Monday Night Football that's in five days, so it's pretty hard to predict a spread that's five days in advance when a lot of things could change. But um, make sure you're staying tuned. Everything on the social media is starting to get things rolling more on the Instagram and Twitter. Uh, definitely make sure you're sharing and liking all that stuff. So, um, But that's going to do it for me this week. I don't know about you guys, but I'm excited to get Week 15 rolling. I know we didn't have a great Week 14, uh, each of us individually on a card standpoint, but uh, I think there's room to grow in week 15. Looking uh, looking forward to this week. We got some Saturday NFL action, so full weekend of the NFL. Um, Definitely looking forward to it with the playoff push heating up. And you know we got the sports and the other leagues coming every night. NBA, NHL really been rocking. And then Hoff and Mackey leading the way with the NCAA, both football and basketball. Yep, it's going to do it for me. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening. Like, comment, leave a review, whatever you got to do. Appreciate it all. Yes, thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode this week. Make sure to check out us, check us out on all social media platforms as well as our new texting platform. Have picks delivered straight to your phone. The link is available below. Make sure to check that out. And that's all I think going to do it for us this week. We should make something clear that we're not charging for these. Uh, it's just so you can get our picks on a daily platform pretty much easily sent to you. Jesse kind of showed us it as an example before we kind of posted things. and. Uh, very easy when you sign up it will ask you for some form of payment uh, just explain to me it doesn't charge you anything so uh, nothing you have to worry about there it makes it pretty clear that everything's free uh, throughout the process that you're signing up for it so um, if you want to get our picks from that way obviously follow us on the social medias anyway but now just another way to get our picks sent to you in kind of an easier more uh, cleaner format so uh, definitely something you want to look into that'll be posted all over our socials and stuff like that so um, definitely going to want to subscribe to that, but yeah, it's going to do it for me and we'll see you guys next week. And that's going to do it for us on this episode of hit the books. Thank you to everyone who tunes in each and every week without you, we wouldn't be able to do what we do here. So please like share and subscribe wherever you can. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for our plays each and every night in the NHL, NFL, MLB, NBA, college basketball, and college football. Thank you again and see you next week.